0: Hey everybody, Tuesday Temp here. This is not the last time you will hear from me in this episode, but I just wanted to put this in front of everything, let you know. We are, I've kind of been in the process of messing with some audio settings, trying to make the editing a little easier, make the sound quality absolutely the best it can be. Uh, And when recording this one, I had sort of a weird setting on my mic that ultimately I do not like, but unfortunately I recorded it that way. So you will hear some kind of weird audio from me this time. And I apologize for that, but it is all going to get better as we go on. It's definitely listenable. It's not like you can't understand what I'm saying. It just kind of sounds like I'm coming through like an old-timey radio. So I wanted to apologize for that in advance. Hope you enjoy the episode other than that, and uh, let's get into it. My name is Tim.
1: My name's Danty.
0: I'm Murphy Durfee, And this is Go Mode, a link to the past Randomizer podcast. Yeah! The Morning Zoo, coming to you live. Beow, beow, beow. <laughs> <laughs>
2: I was waiting for
0: that. Dante, you don't have to do that. I'll, I'll throw them in, in in post. You don't have to
1: just, do that. Just, you can save that soundbite of me doing it and use that from now on just to let me never live that down.
0: Okay, absolutely. Yeah, we'll make that a... I need a soundboard like we should just like fully lean into it oh man we're pretty much there at this point just like total shock jocks just like uh, you know just nothing respectable ever happening just a bunch of uh, (laughs) you know (laughs) air horns and slide whistles oh man 50% of the audio I
2: I gotta get uh, more we need to flush this down the toilet in there just so we can have a lot of toilet (laughs) flushing sounds
0: yeah be like did you see that match bummer (laughs) alert just like you know <laughs> of, one for every yeah kind of outcome that you could expect in rando yeah i'm
2: i'm into it okay
0: all right so i'll i'll get right to work on developing those um uh be looking forward to those for the next episode this one's gonna be a little more dry unfortunately just kind of the normal conversation um and we'll we'll start that with uh as we always do with the league uh conversation here so So, Dante, you've been doing a good job of covering the league for us uh, in in these past few episodes. But as we have come to the end here, we want to really get um, just like a a bird's eye view, but also the view of someone who is in finals. And your team did excellent, uh, but we do have a finalist here to talk a little bit about that and also the commissioner of the league to talk a little bit about that. Fear Agent, welcome back to the show.
3: Hey, thanks for having me. Man, I love the so, I love the dunk on Dante just to start things up. Yeah, that was good. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like your team is so good. <laughs> your team is good, but I mean, let's talk to a team that's really good.
0: Yeah, I didn't mean to turn that <laughs> intro into a dunk, but uh, it's it's where we ended up. I know? like it. Yeah. So, Fear, uh, let's let's first start talking about where you are right now. You are a member of a finalist team. Um, let me first ask you, as commissioner, has there been any sort of like you know gentle ribbing about like oh it's it's all rigged because the commissioner is in finals? So have you got any of that?
3: Yeah, no. Everyone, I mean, I got that before we were in the finals. So yeah. Uh, yeah, it's definitely uh coming in hot. But what you know, it's to be expected.
0: I mean, I don't know what you could possibly even do to try, you know to make
3: this happen. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I, I basically to. got sixty four teams, one hundred ninety whatever players. And rigged it to, to go my favor. Yeah, <laughs> that's exactly what I did. Paid yeah, them all that, off.
0: That's actually pretty impressive too.
3: Honestly, yeah, that's way more <laughs> impressive <laughs> than winning a randomizer league is to rig the entire thing.
0: Exactly. Yeah, but um, you know, I've, I've seen several of, of the, the matches that you've done in playoffs and also throughout the, the you know regular season, I guess as it were. And the, the hype is real, uh, ladies and gentlemen. It's not. It's not rigged at all. It's just good, honest, hard playing rando um so so let's talk a little bit about your experiences so far in the league and and what's brought you all the way up to finals uh in our last game
3: here well uh team kappa went 13 and one in the regular season in the lost woods division that was uh that felt like a huge win on its own just uh you know the one loss going you know seven weeks and uh and uh, you know bringing it all so that felt really really good like if you stop right there like we got first in our division we got that we earned our first round by i'm like this is great (laughs) this is exactly what i was hoping for um and you know i wasn't expecting our division is tough and i mean all the divisions are tough to be honest and uh you gotta get a little lucky but uh you know 13 and one is nothing to sneeze at so we, we yeah. did that, and uh, we got our first round by, and then we went against WJPTBB, Willard Bradley's team, Willard J. Bradley's team, and we're down 0-2 going into that, and that was, um, it was like a feeling of like, you know, we did it in the regular season. It was, it was cool. Hopefully, you know, this is not what we wanted, but uh, I ended up winning games three and four and then uh, forcing a game five. And Gamachu won that game five, so we were able to move on. So that was that's actually been the highlight of my season so far, just because pulling off a reverse sweep is not easy, and uh, it's a uh, it was a lot of pressure uh, yeah. against wow, a really good team.
0: Yeah, that's incredible, and that's it's exactly the kind of thing that you would hope to see with something like ALTTPR league when you do have these teams and we've talked a lot about the concept of like well you know and i know this is something sir link a lot actually is, is really passionate about too the idea of like anybody could take any game because it's rando mm-hmm. uh, you know what once we're all kind of at a certain base level which you know being at the playoffs kind of does that you right. know, by by default yeah you get some really good games and uh you know to see any team come back from an zero two to win a series is yeah it's it's awesome it's like a Cinderella story kind of thing and
3: it's uh, it's awesome it's also super stressful because mm. um, I mean your Tuesday Tim's going to have to insert whatever is going on here we're one yeah. day before Game Five of Team Awesome possibly pulling off the reverse sweep on Team Kappa so <laughs> uh, you know it's it's super stressful but hey y'all Psst, Tuesday
0: Tim here. So, as promised, I am here to update you on the conclusion of ALTTPR League Season 2. Unfortunately for our guest, Fear Agent, the reverse sweep did occur. So, huge congratulations and GG to Team Sagoy or Team Awesome. That is, of course, Hitsion1337, IIYoshi, Yoshi, and Raymond. Also, if you recall, they were the winners of the League of... In the first season, so reigning champions, uh, of course, there was Thalane instead of Raymond back in season one, but on and Aya two-time reigning champs for both of them. So huge congratulations to them, and uh, yeah, let's get back to it. That's right, yeah. So it's it's uh, Saturday the 23rd right now, uh, and Game 5 is later on today. So uh, yeah, you're exactly right. Tuesday Temp will definitely jump in with a update, let you know uh, who won. And, uh, of course, obviously, good luck to you. Yeah.
3: Congratulations, huh? Team Kappa, as champions of the league. <laughs> Hopefully
0: or, I don't
4: have
1: to. I hope to... that
0: ages well.
3: Or <laughs> congratulations, <laughs> yeah. Team Awesome, for the reverse comeback. Okay. <laughs>
0: <Right>. <laughs> yeah, I've got both of those. Ass, so I'll just yeah. drop whichever one just use need.
3: whatever one makes yeah. me sound the, the, the most correct because that's, yeah. that's what I'm going for is I just want to be right.
0: <laughs> hey, I edit a podcast. I know exactly what that's like. <laughs> Regardless Um, of what
3: happens, though, like, I mean, 64 teams and to be in the top two feels pretty dang awesome. Um, So, yeah, it's been... The playoffs have been really exciting. There's been a lot of, like, excellent matches. I mean, uh, talking about Dante's team, Jet versus uh, Sailor Nep. game five was one of the best matches to watch the entire season. So... Right. Yeah, there's been a lot of that. It's been really, really fun. We've had we had two, a couple ties, I think, even in the playoffs, which was crazy. Um, wow. Can you tell but, yeah. us
1: how you feel every time a tie happens? Like <laughs> deep down, <laughs> uh,
3: in the playoffs, the ties because we you know there's f- you have to get five games finished or completed in in a week uh, during the playoffs. So a tie just makes things tighter and. It's more stressful. Like, ties during the regular season are fine because they just, you know, you get one point, we move on. During the playoffs, it was super stressful when we had two. So,
1: (laughs) And then you have to play either open or Ambrosia again. So, uh, you know. yeah.
0: So when you're talking about having to fit more matches into a week, how was it behind the scenes with scheduling? Was it difficult getting people coordinated and, and getting the matches done in time, or was everyone... For the most part, pretty pretty simple. No,
3: I think this is it's it's easy because I I feel like this is one of the benefits of the league. It's like let's say one person had to race five times in a week. That's a lot. That's going to yeah. put a strain on anybody, um, and it's unrealistic. But when you have five matches between six people, it's not that bad. So scheduling that that stuff isn't the worst, mm-hmm. um, and that's kind of what makes. Uh, the league special in regards to uh, all the other different formats or our tournaments or whatever that we've got going on is um even if there is a commitment you're not committing more than two games a week mm-hmm. um so like if you play you know uh, you'll play at least one game in the playoffs and possibly a second one so and if there's a tie, yeah. a, a, maybe a third, but, but again, that's, that's more rare than anything. But yeah, so it's it's nice. And you don't have to, uh, you don't have to overcommit.
0: Yeah, so the last time that we were talking to you on this show, um, you were gearing up for a league of 32 teams to compete <laughs> yeah. um, oh, very God. shortly after, like several days after uh, the, the community exploded Uh, as that uh, sign-up filled up in, like, what, 27 seconds or something? 27 seconds, yeah. Right. So, um, obviously, things ended up being a little bit different than expected, but uh, talk, if you would, please, about just, like, the league and running that and maybe your thoughts kind of at that initial moment. Um, What was it like being the commissioner this year?
3: Um, Gosh, it's such a a big question. The the 27-second thing, none of us expected it. At all, like we figured, like the fast was would be maybe the end of the day, sort mm-hmm. of thing. Like, we'd feel in at the end of the day, and then we didn't know how to react to <laughs> teams signing up that fast, like, we just weren't prepared. Um, which is, I mean, we went from 16 teams last season to uh, you know, planning on doubling it and we had no idea that there was going to be that much interest in, in the league. So, um, you know, there was a lot of conversations going on. We had like a special moderators meeting, just to, like discuss, like what should we do? Should we, should we open it up? Should we just keep it as, as it is, or, you know, and if we open it up, how are we going to make it work? um, and you know we ended up expanding to 64 teams, and we didn't get that. It took us a while to get to 64.
1: Um, we had to push for that.
3: Yeah, the last one, the last team we uh, was Synec uh, uh, Rick and Clifford. Yeah. and um, the uh, yeah, yeah, it was like 64s. I think the right number would have been like 48 or something like that. Mm. um but we weren't we weren't prepared (laughs) honestly like (laughs) as much as we learned about from season one season two was a way bigger learning curve because when you only have 16 teams you can kind of run things um a little looser and uh people just kind of go with it but when you have 64 teams you're it's a pretty massive undertaking and um we learned a ton this year and I feel like it ran relatively smooth. Um, and you know, we'll learn from, learn from that and move forward, uh, for season three. But, um, honestly, if we just did, if it was just 64 teams and we didn't have to worry about restreaming it, season would have gone without a hitch. It's the, Mm -hmm. the real work comes from putting all of this on speed gaming. Um, that stuff is a lot of work because you got to get crews together. Um, and we have our own league channels as well. So, you know, getting restreamers and getting commentators and trackers, getting everything organized like that. That's actually where a majority of the organization goes. The league kind of just runs itself. Mm-hmm. Uh, so.
0: I mean, so, that sort of is the league is like the presentation of all of these races.
3: Yeah. You know? mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah. without that. Uh, one, I don't think we get sixty-four teams this year uh, because people don't might not know about it or might not want to participate without having you know being on I guess the big stage if you want to say say that. Um, so it's like a a blessing and a curse. But um, it's I mean, we have a great partnership with Speed Gaming, and uh, I, I feel like we handled it relatively well this season. And like I said, we'll learn. We've learned from it, and we'll, we're we're moving forward for season three, and we'll figure out how to to make things even smoother. Uh, a big thing that we learned this season was nobody wants to watch Cross keys <laughs> and nobody <laughs> wants to commentate crosskeys. And interesting, uh, we went from like restreaming. I want to say we restreamed ninety eight percent of the first like three weeks,
4: mm-hmm.
3: um, which was like open and standard. And I can't remember what week three was at this time, but um, we were restreaming almost like every match. And then we got to cross keys and everyone <laughs> just disappeared. Because uh, it's such a commitment uh, to do yeah. two and we a half had, to three hours.
1: We had a hard time with the comm mods too. It was kind of like, how how much can we ping without just completely annoying our volunteer base to death? Yeah. Because it was it was such a... Drastic change from the first four weeks to Cross Keys. We were just like, how do we get people to commentate these? We had all these restreams lined up, and we had to cancel a ton of them just because of you know lack of signups. And you know, Cross Keys is a huge time investment. I mean, it's I know a lot of people really like the mode. It's just it the you know volunteer aspect is not like your typical open Ambrosia or even you know with the way the league was set up the mystery modes either. Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah, it's sort of a next level of rando too, where I feel like there's probably a lot of commentators who are maybe like intimidated. It's probably not exactly the right word, but, you know, I know that a, a big fear of a lot of people who commentate is not, they don't want to get up there and say things that are wrong or like mm-hmm. make a lot of mistakes in their commentary and cross keys is pretty complicated. Um, so if it's not something you're you know very familiar with, you might not want to jump on the mic for that.
3: Yeah, it's understandable. Um, so for, for example, season three, we don't, we don't have any, Plans locked down. There's nothing that I could say. 100 is is or isn't happening in season three, with the exception of cross keys is not happening in season three. Uh, yeah, you're already right here, for first yeah, tier. I love yeah. cross keys. I think it's a great mode. Uh, I think it's really fun to run. Um, it's to watch is a commitment, you, even because it's just so much is going on, and um, it's just it's a whole other bag. Um, so. Season three, I would be really surprised to see cross keys in the uh, regular season. Okay. Uh, something also that will be different in uh, in season three will be uh, the playoff structure. I, I think we have a, a good setup for the playoffs, where the three pendant players play each other with uh, games four and five mm-hmm. uh, chosen differently. But the way that we did it is a little. little bit archaic like we went i when i originally took the playoff model it was based off like i want to say the 2017 um main tournament where you gotta Uh choose different modes yeah like a veto so it's like we took that model and applied it to season one and it worked again it worked in season one because such a small player base this season i feel like it wasn't the best way to go about it So I'm not sure exactly what the playoffs will look like. Uh, We definitely wanna give advantage to the higher seeds, but we gotta figure out how to do that a little bit better. For example, um, most of the playoffs this season have been all dungeons key sanity. (laughs) So Uh like a lower seed will get to veto one choice and they'll veto something like say inverted. And then the other player just picks all dungeon key sanity. That's basically what has happened and that's not that interesting (laughs) um yeah so we got to figure out a way to uh, give an advantage to the higher seed while not just making inverted and swordless be the constant two vetoes so
0: yeah it's interesting because in the playoffs you want to you want to spice it up somehow um and like like you said you want to give advantage to the higher seed but um Especially in league, I guess you know you have the you have to consider the viewership and you know accessibility and stuff like
3: that. Yeah, so. it's it's the viewership for sure is important, but also it's just boring to see <laughs> uh, to watch <laughs> everything come down to eighty keys when eighty keys wasn't even like a mode in the se- in the season. Yeah, um, I think some being tied more to what we play in the regular season or something along those lines is is better. I, maybe even doing co op again in the playoffs is a possibility. I feel like, um, the two co-op weeks we had, uh, went over like gangbusters. Like everyone really loved the spoiler keys. Well, not everyone. I didn't play it because it's too stressful, but, um, (laughs) most people really loved spoiler keys, uh, co-pilot. Um, so big shout outs to, to Dante and Sir link for putting those, putting that mode together. Um, that mode went over really well and I know a lot of people had a a ton of fun playing that and then of course um, the co-op all dungeons which is my favorite mode uh, went over really well so I feel like we might try to fit in one or two more co-op weeks next week and maybe even try to fit them into the playoffs like I think maybe like if there is a game five if it's like co-op all dungeons or something might be more interesting but I don't know season three is not happening for a while so, so we've got time to figure that out but uh uh yeah season 2 went went I, I don't know Dante went pretty well right
1: I I mean I'd say this went about as smooth as we could have hoped you know with the amount of <laughs> with the amount of teams players uh you know when you have that many people there's definitely some behind the scenes like mini drama sessions that happen there were a few of those luckily nothing too explosive but you know <laughs> overall I can't say that like it, I can't say anything really that it was a failure. This was a huge success. Um, you know, we've got one game left as we're recording this and uh, I, I'm i excited to see it all wrap up and then kind of kick my feet up for a week and then yell at the other red names uh, on how we're going to do season three like a week later.
3: Yeah, that's, that's a, another big thing is it went from one admin, which was myself, to an admin crew. Uh, so Dante is now an admin for, for the league. We've got Dante. Oh, yeah.
0: Yeah. GG's. Uh, Dante. Congratulations. That's awesome.
1: TY. <laughs> <laughs> I so can't we, um, wait to be stressed out with speed gaming, too, like getting all these restreams set up.
3: <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. So we got a new admin team uh, Dante, Drossy, Relkin, and Sigma, and then myself until. <clears throat> until I quit and <laughs> make these guys do it on their own. <laughs> that was the, that's, the, that's dream, the real right. Yeah, that's the yeah. real key. Is I just promoted them so that I can secretly go away.
0: Awesome, I love it. Cool. Well, it's it's been uh, as an outside observer, not an admin or, or mod or volunteer or participant. Um, it's been a blast to watch. Uh, no secret, I've I've really loved the fantasy. I, I really enjoyed kind of tracking it and and seeing how everyone's stacked up that way. Um, but yeah, that's the playoffs awesome. Have been great too. Yeah.
3: yeah, the fantasy thing is really cool. Uh, I had zero to do with that. That was all Sir Link and his mm-hmm. idea and, and him, him running that stuff. And as far as I know, it went really, really well. I because the nature of my position in the league, I had like zero time for fantasy. Mm-hmm. I I put together a fantasy team in a different uh, with a, with a group of guys.
4: Mm-hmm.
3: I have no idea who's on my team <laughs> or how my team did, um, just because again the nature of what you know. I was busy with with trying to keep this thing yeah. going, and uh, but I love I love that that aspect of of the league. I love that people are able to enjoy it, uh, and you know, for the most part, ninety nine percent of the feedback I've gotten has been positive, positive. Uh, and people are looking forward to season three when that happens. So, awesome. uh, yeah. Season three will be, there'll be a big shakeup. Like I said, we found, we figured out what to do and what not to do as far as the league goes, um, and we're gonna try to figure out how to make season three even better. So, awesome, been a lot of fun, and uh, hopefully, Team Kappa can bring it home. Go you <laughs>
0: Sweet, awesome. Well, Fear Agent, thank you so much for coming back and uh, giving us that sort of retrospective. Um, And we'll look forward to having you on to talk about season three when it's time.
3: 2023. See everybody. (laughs) (laughs) All
0: right. Well, we'll talk to you then. Herf, I feel like you were really quiet there.
2: Yeah, I mean. You you had, like,
0: nothing to say. I know.
2: I'm sorry. I I felt like you guys covered it perfectly, and Fear was just talking so much I couldn't get a word in edgewise. Hmm.
1: Fear has that voice to just soothe you though So it, you know, it wouldn't mm-hmm. surprise me If you fell asleep and you're just trying to cover it up
2: Me falling <laughs> asleep? No
0: way I have my own theory And that is that Hurfy Derfie and Fear Agent Are the same person
2: Hmm I I, I cannot comment on that at, at this time
0: Yeah, yeah. know It's a likely story You probably All just right.
1: stepped away to do an arm workout or something But, you know, whatever <laughs> <laughs>
0: Uh, Okay, all right. so let's get into our next topic here for news and uh, this is something I know a lot of people are excited about I have a lot of people DMing me jumping into Discord, asking questions of course I'm talking about the Go Mode Podcast Mentor Tournament 2020 so uh, registration for that has been open today, uh, as we've stated, is Saturday, May 23rd Um, so technically we have four more days of signups left and, and as stated before, we're going to uh, allow people to sign up all the way through that. It's not a not a time-based thing. But I will say, as of today, we have sixty-one racers signed Ooh. up to participate in the mentor tournament. Yeah, so it's gonna be a big one. We've doubled uh, since the last one. You know, of course, you know, last year we had thirty-two racers. This year, obviously, looking very much like it's gonna be sixty-four. Um, and it's probably we're probably gonna have to make some tough decisions. Um, I'm thinking that. If signups continue at the pace that they have, uh, that we'll probably have to do what I said we were going to do, which is go through the applications that we do have and try to find the most experienced people and then ask them to consider mentorship um, or volunteer work or just spectate. Mm -hmm. Uh, So, yeah, Uh, fortunately, you know, it's probably not going to be many. It'll probably be a a, a pretty small amount, which I'm thankful of. Uh, We're getting together with our admin team on. Wednesday, I guess the day that you hear this podcast, uh, to look at all those applications and we'll reach out to folks that are, uh, you know, that we're going to have to extend that invitation to. Um, but yeah, for the most part, I mean, like I said, we, we have 61 applicants and uh, I'm just seeing all different range of, uh, there's people who said, I just did my first seed last week. There's people who said, you know, I was in the tournament last year and I'm, uh, you know, still looking to improve and, and still very much interested in learning from other people in the community. So there's just people in, of, you know, all ranges here. And I'm really excited to, you know, get them all together and get them racing and, and, and learning some more. So um, let's see. So some housekeeping things as we get into this. Uh, we are having a sort of uh, tournament kickoff race, kind of an exhibition, if you will, of... Our four, um, uh, I guess th- this was like the consolation race for last year. We had a one four-way race where we had our fourth place through eighth place in our brackets all just race the same seed together. Mm-hmm. And so that was in uh, Verts, 505, Black Wax, and Zeitniks. We have them all lined up and ready to uh, race again uh, another four-way just to kind of see how far they've come. So that is going to be going down Friday at uh, 7 p.m. Eastern. Is that right, Dante? Help me out here. I
1: think that's right. It might be eight p.m. if we check the correct channel. But uh Uh, damn it. Okay, so eight it is eight. Yeah. Eight p.m. Eastern. Tuesday temp can make that sound really good. Well I
0: was I was talking about Central, obviously. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Since you like
1: hop skipped and jumped to a different time
0: zone. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Right, exactly. Yeah. So okay, so this this Friday, if you're listening to this podcast when it comes out, it's gonna be in two days uh at eight PM Eastern on the Go Mode Podcast Twitch channel. We've got a whole restream crew put together for you. Uh yours truly and dante will be on the comms for that, so you can look forward to our Dulcet Tones. Yeah, I've never I, I've
1: never commentated with yours truly, but uh, I heard they're pretty good at it. So mm-hmm. I'm hoping that this newcomer named Yours Truly is pretty good at it
0: and mm-hmm. it'd be a fun they're, time. They're- Their game knowledge is immeasurable.
2: Oh, boy. I'm I'm very glad you're already embracing your dadhood this much, Danji. Yes, I am.
0: (laughs) Hi, Hungry. I'm dad. Um, All right. So, okay. What else? So, yeah, check that out. That'll be a lot of fun. Um, There's been a few other changes we've decided to make, just very minor things to the way the tournament is going to be run. Uh, So the rules sheet has probably already been updated by the time you hear this. Uh, but just to go over a few of them, we initially said five weeks of Swiss. We're actually going to do six instead. Uh, and then after discussing the various modes that we had laid out, we've decided to sort of simplify it a little bit more. We're going to be looking at three weeks of Ambrosia and three weeks of Open. So we're eliminating, you know, uh, the, so we had like basic item placement versus advanced item placement. We, we saw, you know, had a little bit of, uh, um, push back from that and and then you know eventually we agreed yeah it probably makes more sense just keep it to ambrosia and open basic item placement nobody really uses it a whole lot uh was kind of the feedback we heard at least so um yeah that's the reason for that uh and then um actually i think that's pretty much it honestly everything else is is laid out of course check that uh, rules sheet if you have registered to be a racer or mentor or volunteer um we will be putting out a ping in our Discord. Uh, you can sign up for a special role called GMPMT Pings if you want, and you'll get a ton of updates about the tournament um, as that is going on. We did want to make that optional, because not everybody you know, wants those, but for those of you who have been asking questions, definitely make sure you sign up for that ping in our Discord. There's mm-hmm. uh, there's rules of how to do that, or uh, uh, instructions of how to do that in our Discord, so uh, be sure to do that. And um, And uh, I guess the last thing is, of course, racers, we will cut off the registration. Uh, By the time you're hearing this, registration has been closed. Uh, But if you are still interested in mentoring or volunteering, the uh, application will remain open pretty much throughout the entire tournament. So if you are hearing this and, um, you know, it's like three weeks after this episode has come out and you wanted to be a mentor, you still can. Just just fill that out. We'd be more than happy to uh, include you in our mentor pool. Um, So, yeah, I think that's it. I don't want to say, like, everything. I could talk about this a lot longer because we've been working on it very hard, but um, I think that would be boring. So (laughs) uh, anything else about the Mentor Tournament you all want to say before we move on to what we got next?
2: Well, I personally, you know, I know this is surprising coming from me. I want to talk about it a little more. Rather, I want you to talk about it a little more. I feel like the last point you have here on our outline is an important or at least an interesting fact that we should maybe announce to people.
1: Because I was going to bring that up, too.
0: Yeah, well, I was almost kind of thinking, so in our outline, it's on a second page, and I was just thinking this is sort of our next topic right here. So without any further ado, um, I wanted to discuss a new racing platform, uh, or I don't know if it's new or not, but it's definitely new to me. New-ish. And it's new to a lot of the community. Mm-hmm. Yeah, new-ish, okay. It's called Racetime.gg, and it's a, a racing platform website, I guess. Essentially, it's meant to replace SRL. Um, yep. So SRL was a speedrunslive.com site that you, you know, most people in the community would register for. It uses IRC. It's a little bit clunky. Um, and uh, it's it's just kind of a way to coordinate the start of races and also record the results of them. Mm-hmm. So this uh, racetime.gg, actually, I'll, I'll probably hand it over to uh, one of you because I don't know a lot about it. But I do know that this is something we've decided to use for the Mentor Tournament. So you can definitely expect to sign up for a profile with this. And get started with it. Um and then uh Dante is actually a mod for the links of the past randomizer, like part of this site or whatever, right? So I- I'm gonna yeah. I'm gonna turn it over to Dante and tell us a little bit about what this is and how it's gonna make all of our lives easier, I guess.
1: <laughs> so
0: if uh if you've been in the
1: community a while, there was uh at one point a website that still exists called speedracing.tv. And uh it was kind of supposed to be the SRL replacement it did have some bugs and I'm hearing those are getting worked out but in the meantime we do have now racetime.gg uh, making an account here is super simple if you've ever signed up for anything on the web that is basically how you do it uh, there's like a create an account button you plug in your information you select a username you make a password you're done you're ready to race I think after you verify your email and after that it's mainly a button like if you're in the uh, it's racetime.gg slash alttpr there's like a whole section there it shows the owner of that category as well as the moderators uh, and that way you know who you can try to reach out to if there are problems or you need an override for anything um, when you want to start a race there's literally a button there that says start a new race and you can kind of go through the prompts from there once you've started that I haven't done a race here myself yet I've kind of played around with it just to see how things are going to go um one of the nifty features for qualifiers potentially going forward in bigger tournaments is you when you create the race room you set all the restrictions and you can actually make it where once the race starts people cannot chat so that's gonna that is going to eliminate a ton of potential drama bombs that come up and you know in the fall qualifiers or you know, maybe yeah. the speed gaming live qualifiers. That's that's a mm-hmm. huge feature we've been talking about, and it's like super nice. Um, it's all web based, uh, and it's you know, I think it's a lot smoother than SRL personally. But mm-hmm. um, I think we need to kind of stress test it now. I, I think a lot of other rando communities or just racing communities are using this already. I know um, some people who are crossed over into the Ocarina of Time uh, rando community have been using this. And they seem to love it, so I'm really, I really have high hopes for this. And mm-hmm. we'll, uh, you know, we're gonna since that's gonna be hopefully the way things are starting to progress. We'll, you know, we'll use this for our platform as well, and uh, hopefully it'll be a nice one-page document of how to set up an account versus like here's a Google mm-hmm. Doc with 50 steps on how to get into IRC.
2: Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I'm, I'm personally very happy to see. Well, not go, I guess, but to see IRC being slowly phased out and with it sort of SRL, which is kind of like a, you know, a a victim of the whole thing, it's just so archaic and it's kind of hard to get people to to understand what's even happening and that you have to be in the main room to get into a race room and you can use the weird web client that they have on their page, but it crashes a lot and is unstable. I'm, I'm just glad to be rid of all that stuff
1: another another thing i really like about this that the you know the the page that i plugged the racetime.gg slash alttpr over in the right hand column there's basically the race rules so basically Mm -hmm. what's the rules currently for srl have been copy pasted here you know you can make races with your own rules they just need to be specified in you know the channel topic same thing with srl um you know it's an option i like this because it's an option that's easier than irc like you were saying and it's going to be you know there's no muddy water to kind of go through because if you're new to irc and you want to make a race you know you, do you really know the rules well you do if you're really involved in the community this way it's just it's there and kind of black and white for you
0: yeah we're all going to be kind of learning it together um Like Dante said, you know, I imagine it'd be nice if they don't already have something like this, you know, if we are able to put together kind of a one-sheeter and put it in our Discord of like, okay, here's exactly what you need to do. Go to this page, sign up for this account, let us know what that is, and then like, uh, another thing I should say is with the Mentor Tournament specifically, one of the things we did last year that I got a lot of really positive feedback about was, uh, having this like, you know, more casual, like pre-race, not necessarily like the exhibition I was talking about before, but just like, Hey, if there's anyone free this weekend, do you guys want to, uh, you know, try to race? And that way, if you've never done it before or never, uh, raced online and, you know, a lot of us have not used time.gg, So this would apply. Just get like a casual race going just to try it out and make sure that when it's time for you to actually race and it like quote matters, unquote, it's not your first time doing it, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, I also just wanted to say real quick to kind of counterbalance what Herf said, which I do agree with all of, SRL is tough to use. Um, it was a free service, and it was something that we used for a long time and usually worked really well most of the time. So I do want to say I, I'm grateful that it was there, and I am appreciative that we had a resource like that. But it, it's definitely um, going to be very nice to have something a little bit more kind of updated. and you know, something that speaks to more of the sensibilities of Rando Racing that um, you know we've all kind of learned to deal with with SRL before.
2: So. Yeah, I mean, For sure. You know, just a, a quick note: if anyone involved with SRL is listening to this, please don't hate me. I, you know, I'm also very <laughs> grateful it around and everything. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it, no, it's just, to, yeah, yeah, you know.
0: Exactly. Yeah, so I, I think we've we've kind of explained and. and you know sort of danced around that enough, but I yeah, I think the overall consensus here we're all very excited to give racetime.gg a try. Uh, Sinek is the one that officially recommended it to me, and that, that recommendation carries a lot of weight. So,
2: yeah, I was gonna say, really, the only thing I know about it is that it has the stamp of approval from Cinec, and that's kind of enough for me to be like, yeah, sure, we, we, we'll give this a fair try,
0: exactly. Yeah. And I know and everyone's
1: l- wondering, Saha is already there, already ready. <laughs> to make
0: your seed request yes. yeah exactly I was just going to say um, the last part of the mentor tournament talk and, and to tie this in with racetime.gg is uh, we will again be using uh, sort of a modified Saha bot in our discord that you can ping to do seed generation so that will be a part of the racing process and of course we'll, we'll fill you in on all that as well once you get uh, signed up with your racer role so, uh, yeah, I think that's it for all of that. Um, this would normally be speed round, but I've only got one speed round item for you guys, so I guess we'll just call it what it is. I uh, wanted to mention that the Cross Keys Tournament has been announced uh, as returning. So I've got a document here. The uh, Let's see. This is uh, Zelda ALTTP Randomizer Cross World Key Sanity 2020 Tournament. Um, so we will link that in the description. Cross keys for me, as I've said many times, it's not really my cup of tea. It's not something I do a ton of. Um, so it hasn't really been on my radar. Mm-hmm. Uh, what are your guys' thoughts? Was this something you were following uh, last year or how, how are you feeling about the return?
2: Well, for me personally, I know that a lot of my friends wanted or played in it last year. Uh, I think the number of them playing it this year has gone down a little bit. And I'll be honest, the only thing that I really know about this year's turnaround is that there's already been some drama in the upper echelon, sort of. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I think it's cool that it's back. Crosskeys is a a mode that a lot of people enjoy. It's also, like, way too much for me. I would never dare, at, at least not at the moment. But I'm glad it's back. More tourneys never heard, and different strokes for different folks, you know?
0: hmm Before we started recording um, with Fear, we were talking about uh, kind of like the seasonality of ALTTPR and how it's kind of worked out well, how you have like the uh, league in the spring, and then in the summer, you have all of these like other tournaments that kind of crop up. You've got our mentor tournament, Cross Keys, the spoiler long mm-hmm. tourney that's going on right now. Um, so it's just cool that you know you've you've got like this summer where there's a lot of different kind of like sub niches and and other kind of sub communities within the main rando community that can have their fun Mm -hmm. and then we all get together in the fall for the main tournament again you know
3: yeah so it's cool
0: Um, but yeah uh, Dante any thoughts Uh, I'm
1: gonna have fun watching it potentially Um, Mm -hmm. I I guess it's it's, I'm not gonna participate this time uh, just to try and you know mitigate some some of my uh obligations but uh i'm at the point of it's time to watch people walk in and out of doors a lot and hopefully (laughs) find their items
0: (laughs) cool um all right so yeah that's it for the news let's uh let's get into gmp community updates Alright, so our spoiler seed for episode 47, uh, that one was, uh, Dante, you've, you've got some very recent experience of that one, don't you?
1: Yeah, I played it this morning kind of <laughs> as an assignment. Uh, I mean, I picked it, right? I right. I needed to, um, to play it, so uh, I made, this one was pretty good. Uh, it, it was a, a seed where you could actually finish without either of the rods, and I really liked that. Um, I don't know if that was the fastest way of doing it, but that, that's how I ended up doing it. Um, you know, I, me and Temp were casually chatting before we started recording, and I was saying there was a couple. I made a couple of routing boo-boos, um, but I don't think it cost me that much time. But I, I got right under an hour on this one. Uh, by mm-hmm. about, I think it was like fifty-nine thirty, so it was it was right there at it. So um, you know, yeah. it, it was fun. I had a good time with this one.
0: Yeah, well, GG's for that. That's a very impressive time, okay. um, and I definitely can feel that because I played this one. <laughs> I,
2: uh, I just have a really stupid newbie question. What would you consider a good finish time for a spoiler seed? Because sub one hour sounds like crazy to me.
1: So mm-hmm. it it honestly depends on the item layout, um, because yeah. you know we've seen we saw in the league season one there was a finish with not knowing where items were like just over an hour. So mm-hmm. it really it's heavily dependent on the seed on average, you know, anywhere between, you know, I'd say 50 minutes for a super fast one and mm-hmm. maybe like an hour 10 is what you can expect out of, I'd say, the higher tier uh, of of players, maybe. Okay. I'm, I'm kind of overextending there. This is, I've recently gotten into spoiler. It's not something I did last year. I wasn't too confident in my execution at that point. So it was a, you know, I didn't want to try in that tournament. So I guess I'm dropping cross keys to do the spoiler tournament this year but uh but yeah like that's that's what i i saw a lot in that tournament was like around the 50 to an hour 10 mark just really dependent on where the items are
2: mm-hmm.
0: yeah this one um so my experience uh opening up the spoiler log first thing when i was trying to search for certain items they were not showing up uh like i was looking for hammer and the only and i just it kept showing hammer pegs as an item location instead Uh, so I had to manually like scan the whole thing with my eyes to find hammer. That took like a good three minutes or so. I later learned it was because of the like notepad program I was using. When you use the control F, uh, if it has, if, like your screen is past what you're looking for. It doesn't loop back around to the beginning. Oh, again, the wraparound so. feature was turned off. Yeah, oh. exactly. Oh, yeah, no. That's what it was. Oh. Yeah. And so I did, I don't, I'm, I'm just a dumb idiot. You know, like, what do I know? Well, now we you computers? know. <laughs> so <laughs> I was just like, oh, so I looked for it, you know, um, manually. But that being said, I, uh, I enjoyed it. I liked looking through and finding the items and figuring out, you know, kind of the order of things. I think I got really lucky a lot. With the chest that I did decide to open That I hadn't bothered to look at what was in them It was mostly like rupees and and hearts And stuff and I was like okay that's good I needed that anyway Um, And I think I ended up just barely getting uh, Into pod by the skin of my teeth Um, And there were some other like close calls With rupees too and I I really got lucky Several times but uh, I think I finished In like an hour 15 something like that Again like always like right sort of In the middle of the leaderboard As I usually am um but it was fun. It was it was stressful. I will definitely uh give you that, but it forces low percent and like I said I I felt like I played pretty well. I guess I was talking to you earlier, but like I felt like I did a, a decent job with the low percent stuff. So um uh, all in all a, a fun experience. Thank you for uh bringing that to us as our episode 47 by with DC Any uh, Anytime. Okay, so, yeah, good times. <laughs> now what are we going to yeah. do for the next one?
2: So um I yeah, yeah so, go ahead. I, I was just going to say, I see you put an idea in here that I'm a big fan of, uh, except maybe for the last part where we might yeah. want to discuss that a little bit.
0: Okay, so um, we, we I didn't even mention this at the beginning of the show, but if you've seen the title, you already know that what we're talking about for our feature today is uh, all about kind of taking damage and how damage is dealt to your character to Link and how to try to avoid it so i thought it might be fun to just again kind of put out a base of like open seven seven defeat and just kind of the regular i -hmm. guess and just sort of encourage this time another sort of encouragement uh try not to take a ton of damage you know like maybe post your death count at the end of the seed and you know let us know if you did any death warps but other than that let's 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 try to see how low we can get our death counts for this one um now, the point that Herfie's referring to that I suggested here was maybe doing a tiny little bit of plandoing and hiding the red and blue mail to really make you have to a- avoid taking damage. Mm-hmm. Um, Fancy, where do you stand? I mean, there's alri- already that, like,
1: conspiracy theory that you make full-on plandos <laughs> just yeah. because of how these seeds have been in the past, but uh, jokes aside... I mean, we could do that um, if we go that far just to help with, and I know this could really screw up the logic, but if you go that far, I would say put the mirror in Link's house, and then that way you don't ever really have to worry about intentional death warps. Uh, so, But that, that would really kind of mess with the logic, because by the time you get to Death Mountain, you've got Hera access and you know so on and yeah. so forth.
2: So my suggestion would be maybe not lock away the blue mail. I'm cool with leaving out the red mail, but I know, especially for newer players, dark world in green mail is a massive pain in the behind because pretty much everything does at least two hearts of damage, as I'm sure we'll get to. But uh, I feel like, you know, blue mail might be a good compromise, and especially you have no idea where it's going to be. For all we know, it might be in Ganon's Tower, so it's essentially locked away. But at least give the guys one mail upgrade.
1: You know, yeah, I think I, that's a good compromise. I have a an idea, but I don't Ooh. know if you guys are on board. I'm we all ears. could do hard item pool and not functionality. So like all your invincibility stuff still works. But if we do the pool, then that gives us oh no, that locks us to Green mail. Mm-hmm. Never mind. They changed uh, that in V thirty one. So yeah.
0: I was I was uh, into it. I, I would I think that could have been a good. If, if it would still but, been blue, and that would also you know
1: lock away the the silvers, we wouldn't have those either. But mm-hmm. yeah, hmm. maybe okay. we hmm. let's let's gonna, let's just we'll hide we'll hide a male, we'll hide one. We can maybe put it in the GT big chest. Nobody checks that's what that. I was thinking. Yeah. like we will we'll deserve
0: the right. <laughs> we're gonna put it somewhere that's a huge pain in your ass, uh, but we're not gonna tell you where. So just like. Just assume you're not gonna get it, but if you're like absolutely struggling and you just want to finish the dang seed, then like go go look in some ridiculous places and you'll find it And eventually. who knows
1: the seed may be dumb enough, like I like yeah. I promise we're not gonna hide both males. Yep. But if mm-hmm. the seed hides a male, then I apologize on behalf of Temp <laughs> for the customizer and no, there's no conspiracies going on here yet. Like no. eventually, maybe one day.
0: <laughs> I offer no such apology. <laughs> that's rando being rando baby that's what we love Vtorb said that one time I think when we had him on like we all say like oh man the scene was so bad I had to blah 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 but like you like it like you that's what you wanted like everyone likes getting jerked around by the randomizer that's what makes it fun so yeah. I offer no apologies <laughs> cool okay um, well with that I guess let's get into our feature I'm really excited about this one uh, anything to set it up or should we just uh, call that that bird Let's dive right in to All the right, flute,
2: call, Herf. God, oh, where is it? Hang on. I think no bird would probably ever respond to that.
0: Were, were you <laughs> trying to do the flute? The I
2: started out in the beginning, and then I realized I would never make it, so I just All went right. random.
0: Here's what. Here's what we're gonna take some time out of this episode to do. I want three takes. All right. Okay. Just three clean takes of, of your best <clears throat> effort at, at the the flute chime.
2: Let's see. Uh, <clears throat> right, take take number one. Yeah, it started out right, but the rest was bad. Okay. Hang on. Yeah, no,
0: you're you're getting better. Here, all right, here's take two. <laughs>
4: this is so, you're so ridiculous. ridiculous.
0: You're really close. All right, well, all right I'll last, take, take. Let's
2: last one. See. That's as close as I can get it. I think that was pretty good. Yeah, worked out alright. My waveform is such a mess. I apologize in advance, Tim.
0: <laughs> oh my god. Oh, I'm crying. <laughs> uh, okay. All right. Thank you. All right. Now, now we're ready to go. Okay. So, uh this is an episode that we are calling Taking Damage Parentheses How Not to Die. Uh mm-hmm. and it's an idea that uh it's another one of those um we've been doing a lot of these lately, you know, the ones where I like sat down and was like, "Okay, what are some episode topics if we were to make a podcast? What are like general concepts we could discuss?" This was one of them, just the idea of like Taking damage, dealing damage, you know, how does HP work in this game? Mm -hmm. And uh, upon, you know, sitting down and starting to put together an an outline for this, realized that it's it's kind of a bigger topic with a lot more to say than I even realized. So what we've decided to do is kind of break that up into kind of subtopics, I guess. Uh, and this first one is exclusively about um, damage being dealt to your character. And I, I'm just going to go ahead and say Link. I know everyone has lots of beloved sprites uh, mm-hmm. from all of your favorite IPs that you use and cherish, but we're just going to call it Link and just know that all of them react exactly the same, and the hitbox is the same, and all of that stuff. So, um, But yeah, uh, we're going to take a nice in-depth look at uh, enemies touching or striking Link, and how that affects the, the hearts, the magic, the movement. Um, you know, we're going to tell you about some specific enemies uh, that you might want to look out for or seek out in some situations. So, uh, yeah, I, we did a lot of research into this. Uh, if you check the description of this episode, you'll see there are a lot of resources that we found all around the internet, including a, a freaking game facts uh, file that I would not recommend reading uh, front to back. <laughs> Because it's like the most cringiest, like, 90s, like, try-hard try funny kind of writing that I've ever seen. But we gleaned the info out of it so that we could confirm some things for you. Yep. Um, and all of those will be in the description of the episode. So, um, With that, I guess we will... Uh, oh, uh, one other thing to say. Um, first of all, uh, if those of you who wanted an Enemizer episode, this is probably about the closest we'll ever get to that in kind of detailing a lot of our enemies. So this is for you also wanted to say that um, just to, in an effort to make sure that our efforts were not spread out too thinly, that was a weird way to say that, but uh, we're not including bosses for this episode. We already talked about bosses very much in depth with Error when he was on, Mm -hmm. Um, so we're only talking about main enemies and traps and projectiles and things, nothing inside of boss rooms. So just a little caveat there. And with that, I think we are ready to dive in. So uh, let's start with just kind of a general, uh, you know, overview here of taking damage and, and how that works in the game. So there, uh, as I mentioned before, there are actually hit points in this game. Even though uh, normally what you see for your health are these hearts, you know, that you're adding to this like health bar. Uh, when you have a full heart, that's eight HP, and then when your heart gets a little bit smaller, we call that half a heart. Um, that is four HP. So one HP equals one eighth of a heart. If you've ever seen like when you're wearing red mail and you get hit by a rat and you don't even see your health change, it's because you just got dealt an eighth of a heart of damage Mm -hmm. um, and that didn't affect your your health bar at all. Um, So, uh, of course, you know, the damage that you're dealt is dependent on uh, what sort of mail you're wearing. So, of course, you always start with the green mail or just like whatever your sprite normally looks like. Uh, And that's what I'm referring to when I say, you know, when you take a a heart of damage or half a heart, um, I'm normally talking about as if you're wearing green mail. So generally looking at every single enemy and the amount of damage that they can do when you're wearing green, blue or red mail, I've discovered that for the majority of enemies, uh, blue mail will have the damage. So if it did like, you know, four hearts of damage, say as an extreme, it will now do two. Uh, and wearing red mail will quarter the damage. So it'll have it from where it was when you were wearing blue. Mm-hmm. So to use that last example, something that does two hearts of damage when you're wearing blue will now do one heart when you're wearing red. Um, now, there are, like I said, some exceptions, and I don't intend to uh, you know, extrapolate on this for very long. I'm basically just going to list them. But these are enemies that uh, they don't follow that formula of having and then quartering, from green to blue to
2: red now. Can I put in really quickly? Yeah, go ahead. ahead, I was just going to say, just to clarify this, I'm sure once you listen to the full episode, you'll realize that, but I realized, like, I, excuse me, I had that problem. I was very confused when I read that for the exceptions because I was like, wait, you forgot one. But then I realized later on you have a section where it says enemies and hazards that deal flat damage. So this is just purely an exception to the halves damage and quarters damage formula. And not something that does flat damage, just to clarify that. Not yeah, fine.
0: thank you. Yeah, so next up we will be talking about enemies that ignore the mail that you're wearing and always deal either half heart or a full heart. Um, and there is a, a, a pretty sizable list of both of those as well. This is not that. These are just ones that, for whatever reason, damage doesn't half or quarter, depending on your mail. Mm-hmm. Um, so the first one is crows. Uh, they will do a half a heart of damage on green and blue but then a quarter for red. So having blue mail is not as protective against them as it is against other things. Uh, Blue tektites do one heart of damage on green and blue and then half for red. So same thing. They're a little more lethal when you've got your blue mail on Uh, and red tektites do two hearts of damage for green and blue and one for red. So I think the takeaway there is whenever you're up on the mountain, if you have blue mail, you kind of still need to pretend that you have green mail because they do the same damage. Um, Yeah. Now, uh, on the other hand, on the other side of that, the Cune, uh, or sometimes referred to colloquial, colloquially as the Doom Dino, the pink crow that does not stop trying to kill you, uh, that goes from three hearts of damage at green mail, which is quite lethal, down to one heart of damage at blue mail. So that's a nice, uh, you know, that's a nice reduction there. That's that's a pretty big safety. Mm-hmm. Um, I think everyone knows to stay away from the Doom Dino when you're in your green mail because it will mess you up. Um, not only just because it does three damage, but because it will not stop trying to attack you until you leave the screen or kill it. And um, uh,
2: I also want to throw in here really quickly, I'd be remiss to not mention that they're also colloquially called the Birdos that killed Gerdo.
0: <laughs> the Birdos <laughs> that killed Girdo. Birdo because it's pink, I assume. Uh, and Gerdo, uh, of course, uh, a very good runner in the community with a, a three instead of an E, right?
2: That's yeah, and, uh, and a zero instead of an O, and I think that's also where the Birdo name came from. Birdo just, you know, it worked out. Birdo, Gerdo, that's kind of... They killed him, so now they're called Birdos.
0: <laughs> nice. All right, so yeah, look out for the uh, Birdos that killed that killed Gerdo. Um, now, here's some really lethal enemies here. Uh, Chain Chomps, which have a fancy name, I forget. I think I have it written later somewhere in here. And Swamolas, which are the mini Landmolas that are in the Mire area. Um, they do four hearts of damage when you're at green mail, so quite lethal. Uh, When you put on a blue mail, it goes down to three. Uh, When you put on red mail, it goes down to two. So it's not exactly the half quarter, but it's still incremental damage reduction for those guys. Mm -hmm. Uh, And and then we have our crystal rollers, uh, those spiked rollers that are in Turtle Rock. Uh, they love to show up in atomizer seeds just in the weirdest places. Those go from three hearts to two hearts to one. <laughs> so, again, not exactly the half a quarter, but still incremental.
1: Also, let me interject here and do my thing where I say something that's completely off topic, but sort of on topic. The okay. chain chomps, uh, Temp and I were discussing this Monday when yes. we were kind of doing some research <laughs> on this. And. Uh, apparently we found one source that said the boomerang stuns the chain chomps now they do not so don't don't be using your boomerang on them unless you just want to hear the clink because it's a nice sound um we even went as far as i tried to play the game boy advance version and like game shark my way to that particular place to (laughs) to check this um after scavenging some let's plays i realized i had wasted an hour and a half of my time and hadn't gotten anywhere uh and then as soon as i went to bed tim was like hey i found a let's play where someone threw a boomerang at it and it did not stun it so it was misinformation and i neither tim nor i will get that time back that we invested (laughs) but now you know there's no way to stun a chain chomp so don't even try
0: don't even try. It was so disappointing because it's not even like um, so. If you go to this uh, page, it's the strategy wiki. I think um, it, otherwise, a great resource has all of this information we're discussing right now. But it's not even like it said boomerang stun. Like you know, in the like stats of the enemy, it was a written sentence that someone had typed that said chain chops are totally invulnerable to all weapon attacks, but at least you can stun them with your boomerang. Like it said that. So like we had to go check it out, but yeah, that someone just
1: can... wants the world to burn.
2: Yeah. Apparently, yeah, uh, yeah, that's so weird. I don't know yeah, where they that got that idea from.
0: Yeah, we tried in the Prack hack, obviously didn't work. Uh, I opened up, I opened up ZSNES so I could open up the ROM that uh, the US ROM that I had downloaded in high school, uh, and got to there and same thing didn't work. And then yeah, we both found some uh, GBA let's plays and didn't work there either. So. That's just the kind of uh, you know in investigative integrity that you can you've learned to expect from our program, and uh, I'm glad that you <laughs> took time to, to outline that, Danty, because we did. We're
2: we're not going to get that
0: time back, unfortunately.
2: That's what I call dedication.
0: <laughs> All right. So as I mentioned, there are enemies that deal flat damage, meaning that the mail that you have on is not going to protect you from this amount. It's it's always the same. Um, So those enemies that always deal a half-hearted damage, no matter what you're holding or no matter what you're wearing, um, any soldier that's holding a sword, regardless of color, all the archer soldiers, um, uh, and I have to make that distinction because spear, bomb, and ball and chain soldiers actually do the incremental or, you know, half to quarter damage like normal, but the sword and archers uh, do the half heart. Uh, other enemies. I'm just gonna run through these because it's not that interesting. Uh, the Armos guys that bounce around Eastern Palace. Uh, the Buzz blobs that shock you. Uh, the Grass jumpers. Zoras and uh, the Dark World Zoras. Their uh, fireballs are half heart no matter what. Levers, which are those spinning flowers in Desert Palace. Popos, which are the vine guys that you usually have to kill to you know exit a room. Uh, both this ropes and Skull ropes. Those are snakes. Um, always do half hearted damage. Keep that in mind um, when you're running down the basement of escape. Um, staffos, all staffos of all colors, always do half heart. Uh, the blue Taurus, which are the like guard versions or the Dark World versions of guards, uh, those ones always do half a heart. And also the blue jellyfish. Now the red versions of those two do the normal half to quarter, uh, but the blue versions are always half a heart. Isn't that weird? Yeah, I
2: think, I yeah. I think it's super weird, especially for the blue ones. You'd expect the red ones, which are generally the, like, quote-unquote harder enemies to do flat damage instead of their blue counterparts, but who knows what they were on. Yeah. Yeah,
0: weird. All right, so next up, these are all enemies who deal one heart of damage regardless of mail you're wearing,
2: and this one
0: I think is a little more important uh, to keep in mind um, for reasons we'll talk about here in a second. But things that always deal one heart of damage no matter what you're wearing. Uh, spikes on the ground Falling down a pit um, Beemos beams uh, always deal a heart Octoroks, I think that's the rocks From the Octoroks specifically um, If I'm not mistaken Igors always do a heart Kodongos, those are the mini Dodongos That uh, shoot fire um, In Eastern and Pal- Palace of Darkness uh, Stalls, the bouncing skulls That like jump around everywhere That you have to kill with bombs And Mimics So all of those always do one heart of damage. And I think it's important to know that because it's a good way to deal yourself a lot of damage if you need to perform a death warp. Mm -hmm. Um, So to talk about death warps, what is a death warp? That is whenever you are inside of a dungeon and you want to get back to the uh, entrance, your your entryway, but you don't have the mirror. Because normally you just mirror inside of a dungeon and it takes you there. But especially in early game, say maybe you haven't found the mirror yet, uh, you're going through pod, for instance, there's a lot of backtracking in that dungeon. Um, Sometimes it makes sense to take a bunch of damage until you die and then go back to the start and continue your dungeon crawling from there. Now uh, you know, if you're going to do that, let's say if you do have the red mail, it makes sense to go to somebody that's going to do a whole heart of damage instead of, you know, a lot of the enemies will be reduced all the way down to like a half or a quarter by the time you have red mail. So it's good to know those enemies that will reliably do a heart of damage, or pits or whatever. Sometimes you'll see somebody just repeatedly fall down a pit over and over when they want to do a death warp. That's my favorite kind of death warp. It's just, just over and over until they're dead. The other thing I did want to say about death warps uh, real quick um, is you need to make sure you don't have a fairy in a bottle when you do this. I think think everyone has probably encountered this at some point where Mm -hmm. you are like, oh, I've, I've got... Yeah, uh, one place you see people do this a lot is escape. You know, When you go to Zelda Cell and you need to get back to the front, uh, maybe you want to do Dark Cross or Escape or, some, or Secret Passageway or something, um, you'll see people do this death warp, and if you have picked up a fairy in a bottle in the early game, when you do kill yourself, the fairy is just going to come back and revive you seven hearts. Uh, so you know, that is a huge waste of time and a huge waste of resources. The better thing to do is to just let the fairy out normally and make sure it doesn't run into you and heal you and then go ahead and you know deal your final damage or run into your enemy or whatever you're going to do. A really good and, strat
1: with yeah. that is if you're getting ready to do a screen transition um, before you're going to do a death warp, but you are 100% planning to do a death warp. Uh, if you're worried that you're going to run into your fairy, let go of the fairy right before you enter the doorway. Don't do it as you're inside the doorway. I'm not sure if it'll come out or if it does any weird you know, frame perfect accidentally glitches because of a bottle, but um, let it go, and then you go through the transition, and you've got like no fear of it coming to hit you.
0: Mm. Um. So, one other thing, I think, with a death warp, like anything really in Rando, it's good to know ahead of time that you're going to do that if if that's what you are wanted, if that's what you want to do. So, like in the example of escape, um, heading down to Zelda's cell. Rather than getting to the end and then let's say you did have the foresight to like leave the green guard alive so that you can he could just like repeatedly run into you over and over. Um, it's going to make more sense to take damage from guards on the way to slowly reduce your health until you're at like one or two hearts than it is to be at full health and like picking up hearts on your way and stuff like that and then have to take all of that damage at the very end. So the more you can, it's, you, you hear it called like setting up a death warp, like as you go somewhere, you're taking damage on purpose so that you can die at the end and get warped out to the, you know, where you came in from. Um, so just another thing to keep in mind. Um, last thing we can say on death warps that I wanted to cover here are popular death warp spots where you'll see them happen often.
2: Um, Uh, Herf, do you want to list these out for us? Yeah, sure. So you were already mentioning uh, Zelda Cell. I'm personally a bigger fan of uh, running. It's kind of dependent on you having bombs, but I'm personally a bigger fan of running into the ball in Jenga down to like one heart of uh, health left and then killing him and then laying a bomb while I'm opening the chest. Uh, But that's, you know, it depends on some stuff. Then we've got the back of the dark maze. Uh, I assume this is just to get out quicker. Uh, You know, you picked up the the big chest outside real quickly, and you don't have a mirror, but you need to get back to the entrance of the dungeon what quicker way than to kill yourself in the dark maze. There's a bunch of stuff in there. Either you get hit by the fire or you run into an enemy.
0: Yeah, and again, those Kadangos do a harder damage no matter what.
2: Exactly. And then you've got the uh, Skullwoods front entrance, which is right where the big chest is. Uh, That's a good one just to get your health refilled. You know, if you're having trouble getting through there, those popos that jump around out there, they like to jump into your face and really almost make you die in the overworld, which can Mm -hmm. be an extremely annoying time loss. Uh, So just jump into the entrance, get hit by that red bari in there or whatever, fall down the hole uh, in front of the big chest and just get a sweet little health refill to start the dungeon off with a little more health than you had originally. And last but not least, uh, Skullwood's back chest. That's the one uh, downstairs from when you enter the back entrance of Skullwood's it's a little bit of a pain in the butt to get there because you have to snake around under the little walkway and then usually people would want to mirror out but if you do not have a mirror just uh, my suggestion is just walk back to the room previously and walk into one of those spikes they again do one heart of flat damage no matter what you're wearing so that's probably going to be your fastest way of getting back to the entrance in there
0: Mm -hmm. yeah um, any others? This was just the ones that I kind of listed out here on the outline. Um, I guess I, I have seen them in Ganon's Tower before, but that's going to be kind of a more rare situation to, you know, to make it to GT without the mirrors. It doesn't happen too frequently, but, uh, you know, say you're looking for the big key and you finally found find it, you're, like, deep within the dungeon. It might make sense to set up a death warp. Fortunately, everything in Ganon's Tower hits like a truck, so it's not that hard to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, Cool. Okay, so I think that's it for Death Warps. Uh, Next up, I wanted to address, uh, there are a handful of enemies that do special damage, or they don't interact with Link the way that you would expect. You know, you don't get hit and then, you know, uh, get invulnerable for a moment and get knocked back. Uh, So the first one of note that you run into uh, are the thieves that are in Lost Woods and uh, also the Dark World version, which are called Piku. Um, they don't do any damage, but they do a little bit of knockback, and they scatter your items. Uh, mm-hmm. Usually bombs um, and arrows are part of this, and rupees as well. I think they can steal money. Um, best thing you can really do is just try to avoid them. Uh, I did want to note that in an edomizer they are killable, so if you enter a room and see one of them, don't worry. You can kill it through normal conventions like sword or hammer or whatever. Uh, and, you know, say, like, you have to, like, you know, kill all the enemies to clear a room, you will be able to kill it and damage, and, you know, damage it and kill it. Um, they suck. They're jerks. Nobody likes them. <laughs> um, <laughs> next up, we have Wallmasters. They do not damage you. Um, these are the hands that fall out of the sky in uh, Skull Woods and Cannon's Tower. Uh, obviously, a tremendous pain can absolutely erase you know full minutes of progress just by grabbing you at the wrong time. They don't hurt you, but they warp you automatically back to the dungeon entrance. So you're
2: uh, clear of that. This reminds me, they could also be a quicker alternative to a death warp if you have access to one. You want to get back to the dungeon entrance, but you don't want to run into enemies that do like a quarter heart of damage because you have red mail, just get grabbed by one of these guys and you're back at the entrance.
0: Very good point. Yeah, yep. I always forget about that.
1: Yeah, you'll see a lot of players, once they get that vanilla big key chest and Skull was mm-hmm. just stand there. And, you know, if you're new to the scene and you're like, why are they not moving? Oh, well, they're waiting for the Wallmaster.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's that's slick to be like, yeah, go. no, I want you. I want you to take me. Go ahead. It's fine. <laughs> I like it. You yep. know, <laughs> I like that. Um, next up we have the anti fairies. Uh so of course, as everyone knows, they deal damage and they also drain your MP. I think it's like one uh lantern worth, basically, like one use of the lantern's worth uh, every time they hit you. Uh huge inconvenience. Um just I think try to steer clear, you know?
2: I might be wrong on this. This is just a gut feeling, or maybe I just hate them this much. But I feel like for the MP drain, like for the damage drain, the your invulnerability f- uh, frames kick in, which we'll talk about in a little bit. But for the MP drain, they don't. So if you manage to k- kind of quote unquote get stuck in one while it hits you, it can drain quite a lot of dam- uh yes. quite a lot of magic.
1: Yeah. A really good example of that is what we call Bob's Chest in Ganon's mm-hmm. Tower. If you bomb open that hole with the anti-fairy over the hole, he'll get stuck in place. Uh, And if you fall in the hole to go fight Ice Armos, you'll basically be on top of it. I think you take two hearts of damage because of the way the timing works, but you'll just watch your magic go down rather quickly. (laughs) It's usually faster than you anticipated it being. I'll say Mm -hmm. that much at least.
4: Mm Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, I think you're absolutely right, Herf. And I I unfortunately don't have any research to back it up, but it definitely seems to be like, as long as you're overlapped in its hitbox, it will drain, It will like every frame, it will drain. uh, Yeah, exactly. In fact, I think I did see that written somewhere now that you mentioned it. Yeah, so you don't want to remain connected with it. And that's important to note, I think, because of the invul that you do get after it hits you. It could be easy to just like walk side by side with it. Uh, but don't, because then it's going to drain your magic. So, uh, And then the last thing that takes uh, that deals special damage, I guess you could say, are, are the bush and rock crabs. And that is to say, they actually do not deal damage. Um, you can run into them and walk into them all you want. They don't hurt you, so feel free to run right up to them and pick up their bush and or rock uh, and get those goodies inside.
1: Unless... Big. I, I, I always like to throw in those niche modes even though we mostly cover the open standard stuff but if you are playing some form of mystery or enemizer, or, or mystery that has enemizer, i should clarify and the damage tables are shuffled or chaos so on and so forth there is a chance that the bush crabs that show up could damage you so just be mindful of that um if you're playing one of those modes
0: if you can save even one person's life that would have died to that and just been I, like absolutely furious, then I think it was worth it. <laughs> I
1: can't tell you how many times I have died uh, to to like oh let me just grab this bush crab and I'm dead. Like
0: so, are you able to pick up the bush at all? Or
1: yeah, you can pick the bush up, but you know it just depends on like if you're a, if it's an instant kill for you, it's it depends on which way the dude runs when you pick the bush up. If he runs at you, mm. you're dead. But it also depends on how much damage they do. So, you know, your mileage may vary. (laughs)
0: Yeah. And that's a good time to just say, obviously, you know, enemizer with damage shuffle. Ignore all of everything we just said because (laughs) it's going to switch up the game quite a bit. But if you're playing that mode, surely you already knew that. Um, Yeah. Okay. So next up... um, Let's talk about knockback. We've mentioned it a few times already in various uh, applications here, but in addition to taking damage, it's very, very often uh, when Link does take damage from something that it also will knock him back. Uh, now, there are a couple different times, uh, types of of knockback that you can take. Um, I'll preface all this by saying I didn't research this anywhere. That I just kind of this is just my own recollection and sort of eyeballing it. So if you guys notice anything that you want to uh, add or addend here, definitely feel free to jump right in. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it seems like the normal kind is just standard damage taking. You get hit by an enemy, it knocks you backwards at 180 degrees from where you took the damage. Basically, uh, it sends you about a tile. And uh, I tried so hard to find what the speed of the knockback is, just because I thought it was an interesting factoid. I had a lot of trouble uh, locating that, and what I the what I did find someone in a Discord like a long time ago saying something about averaging to about two pixels per frame. So that's about how fast the knockback is. Um, it's it, you know a little bit faster than Link's walk. So that's actually good a good comparison point I think because. Keep in mind that you know in situations like death warps and other times when maybe you just have a bunch of health and you're not worried about staying alive, you can use enemy knockback to kind of give you a tiny little speed boost occasionally. So it is a little faster um, than just walking is uh, because that's, of course, 1.5 pixels per frame. Um, so that's standard damage taking. And I would say the majority of enemies that you can interact with affect Link in this way. Now, there is another kind that's a little more severe, uh, and it's kind of more like a bounce, uh, bouncing knockback. Uh, and this one seems to bounce you about 3.5 tiles, um, so it's, it's a little bit further. It can definitely knock you off a cliff if you're not careful. Um, I know we said we weren't going to talk about bosses, but what is Moldorm? That famously, you know, as it hits you, it bounces you back real far. Basically the same as if it was one of those like blue, round pinball-bouncing things that are in mm-hmm. woods pinball room. It's, it's like one of those it has the same interaction i think um and then the last one i've identified here is spike damage it, and it's weird because it makes you it's almost like a bonk like it sends you up into the air and you actually are you know you get some verticality to it so you could actually go over a clip like a pit if you if you had the situation to um and it also it doesn't go in diagonals it'll always be a cardinal direction um either you know usually left or right but it could also go up or down so Um, That Again, that's just sort of my own observations about knockback. I wanted to address it and sort of talk about it because I couldn't find a lot of resources already on it, and I do think there are some practical applications to rando and sort of utilizing it. So do you guys have any thoughts on knockback based on kind of what I've got here?
2: I mean, for me personally, the only knockback I really try to utilize are the pinball bumpers that you already mentioned because A, they do no damage, and B, you can't really go too wrong with them. Uh, mm-hmm. Especially, like the thing that I can think of most is when I walk back from uh, killing Mathila, and I wanna—I don't wanna save and quit or anything. I just walk back through the dungeon. Yeah. Uh, the first bumper that you see in uh, after you en- enter the dungeon from the back, like the second part, I guess it is. Uh, oh. That can bounce you really nicely towards the door on the right. Uh, the second one is also helpful if you don't have boots. Usually you just dash through the whole room because it's just a straight line to the right to get through it, but if you don't, you can get another bump, and it's it's really surprisingly a lot faster than just walking there.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so that's Knockback. Um, oh, another good place to do, or, uh, Herf, what you were saying, mm-hmm. um, using one of those blue pinball things to save you some time, is uh, Bumper Cave. Oh, yeah, the, absolutely. The eponymous bumper uh you just uh, let go of your or you turn off your cape while you're still sort of inside of it but you've crossed you know the other half of it uh and you know links uh, hitbox will interact with it immediately and bounce you uh way faster than you were going towards the entrance that you were about to walk out to it's sort of swag but there's no denying it definitely is faster so and it's easy to do so why not do it you know yeah um Cool. Okay. And yeah, uh, as, as always, you know, if you want to chime in in our Discord, I'm interested if anyone else has done a lot of research into knockback type stuff. Um, I suppose. I, th- I think there's, there's one thing
2: here. worth mentioning is uh, the good old Moldorm bounce, since it kind of has it in the name. <sighs> yeah. I know we weren't talking the- about bosses, and I personally don't really know how to set it up or how it really works. It's all magic to me, but that's you know another bounce that I can think of.
0: <laughs> yeah, I, I wish I had prepared. Um, Info. So to give people a, a sort of an idea of what we're talking about, there is a uh, niche sort of trick. I think we might have talked about it on the hover episode. I'm not sure. I think we did. Um, yeah. Okay. Good. Good. Yeah. So we have talked about it before, but it's a way to get across the gap between Moldorm Two and Aga Two um, that you know basically would be another way to skip requiring the hookshot if Swamp is a pendant. Uh, so I I guess I'll put a link in the description. I'm sure someone has outlined a way to do it or some research into it. I'll at least get you that far, and then after that, you're on your own. Because <laughs> I don't know how to do it. Um, but and it, and it seems super like RNG-based because Moldorms run around everywhere, but apparently there's there's like a somewhat reliable setup, so we'll link we'll that for you, and if you want to play around with it, you can. Uh, speaking of uh, bumping into enemies, there was one thing I wanted to say that was a total shock to me uh, that I learned actually during the recording of our V31 episode with VTORP. I actually edited it out of that episode uh, because I didn't want to confuse people, but I, I don't want people to think that I was doing that to not look stupid, so I'm, I'm going to lay out my stupidity here. Uh, when you stun an enemy, say like with a shot, you can't get hurt by it. It doesn't deal damage, and I did not know that. I didn't know. I thought, uh, you know, that enemies that are stunned still had a hitbox, but apparently if you stun an enemy, they don't have a hitbox and you can walk right into them and you don't get hurt. So,
2: yeah, and the even better part is you can walk right through them. They don't block you from anything. They just kind yeah. of disappear. I didn't know that
0: either. So there you go. Um, so yeah, it's just, I think that's, uh, you know, something that's interesting to know. And again, I just, because, you know, I'm, I'm joking around about stupidity. If I didn't know, surely there's somebody else who didn't know either. So this is for you that to that guy or girl who did not know that Mm -hmm. um all right so since we're talking about trying not to die this is not quite related to taking damage but i did want to take a moment to talk a little bit about safeties um in general and uh you know obviously they're going to help you to not die so they do kind of fit within this this conversation Mm -hmm. so the first one i think the most useful safety you can find is a bottle uh, there are four of them in a normal uh, rando seed. I think harder difficulties reduce the amount of bottles you can find, if I'm not mistaken.
2: I think so, yeah.
0: I don't know the exact amounts, but I, I believe a hard will start to reduce, and you, you won't be able to find four within the within the pool anymore. And I think a Insane even maybe like cuts them completely, but again, I can't confirm that. Yeah, Insane um,
2: doesn't exist anymore.
0: Okay, well then yeah, it it's, cuts the bottles. it's
1: sad. It's sad.
0: Okay. Insane cuts the bottles, but it also cuts the game. Uh, All right, so let's talk about what things can be. It can come preloaded in a bottle. Uh, So there's the three types of potions red, which fills health, green, which fills magic, blue, which fills both. Um, But you can sometimes find a bottle and it'll already have that in it. Now, of course, you can buy those three in a magic potion shop as well if you have a little bit of rupee for it. Um, And it's usually a good idea to do so if you have the flute and you're low on health or maybe don't have your blue or red mail yet. um, take a quick swing by the potion shop buy a blue blue potion or green potion if you're short on rupees and you're say going to like you know IP or TR or something like that mm-hmm. you want to make sure you have your magic taken care of so um, other things that come in bottles a bee a special bee the golden bee uh, and a fairy can also be in there um, that is of course going to auto revive you for seven hearts you can also uh, use it at any time for seven hearts and it'll also mess up your death warps uh, just and then sometimes a,
2: you find them empty. It, just quickly, uh, there's a couple of things I want to say for the bottles. Okay. Uh, let's see where we start. All right, the Golden Bee, you can, if you happen to be around, you can sell the Golden Bee, a.k.a. release it around the bottle vendor, and he'll give you 100 bucks for it. Very cool. That's uh, helpful. Um, the fairies, you can use them at will, but keep in mind you have to release them, and sometimes they're real And fly away. So you just release your fairy and it flies away, and you never grab it, and then you're kind of screwed. And Mm -hmm. uh, last but not least, if you have an empty bottle and happen to be, say, in the Waterfall of Wishing uh, near the Zora area, toss it in. If it's empty, toss it in. It could come back with a B, and you're like, well, that sucked, but uh, sometimes you get a free potion out of it.
0: Hmm, I haven't seen anyone do that in a long time.
2: Actually, yeah i haven't I either know. but i was watching Dunko a while ago and he did it and i was like oh you know i keep forgetting about that that's actually smart if you have a if you have an empty bottle they cut out all the animation you just see the fairy appear and then disappears and then the bottle flies in your face again why not it's <laughs> like five seconds time loss and you might get a free blue potion out of it
0: yeah, yeah for that's, sure that's, i need to remember that that's a really good point um yeah you said you had a few things was there anything else about bottles those are both really good additions
2: No, I think that's all the stuff. Uh, The golden bee is helpful for money if you need it. The refill stuff and the fairy stuff, yeah. No, I think that's it.
0: Cool, cool. Good additions. Um, So another, I guess this is technically considered a safety. Uh, It's the bug net. Uh, We consider that a safety because it will help you to scoop up fairies and put them in an empty bottle. Um, So it's sort of part of a safety equation, a combination of items that can help you out. Um, so you know, you'll know you want to look out for that if you need a little bit of help uh, I have, a small, little, have a,
2: model. a small little trick for that if you mm-hmm. know that a tree has a fairy in it, say the tree at the bottom of the pyramid, the left one always will have a fairy in it and you have boots and the bug net, item dash into the left side of that tree and you will immediately catch the fairy it won't even get a chance to fly away, you'll just immediately catch it. Oh that's cool Did mm-hmm. you say really left helpful. side? What? Did you say left side? Yes, the left side So you have to go around. Yeah, you have to kind of walk down and to the left and then just item dash into the left side. And the way the fairy spawns from the tree just makes it fly into your bugnet in like one frame.
0: That is very cool. Um, Okay, other safeties. Uh, We have the magic powder. Um, That, of course, is great. You can uh, use a little bit of your magic to sprinkle onto various enemies. Now, the 90% of the time, you'll probably see people sprinkle an anti-fairy, which are those skulls with the red circles around them that go in diagonals uh, that take away your MP. Uh, if you sprinkle them, it turns into a fairy, and you can either use your net to catch it, or you can just get seven points, seven hearts of health right away, which is great. Um, uh, now, of course, there's also uh, other applications to the magic powder that you don't normally see in rando. I think pretty much every enemy can be powdered or most of them can at least, and they'll turn into like little slimes that have a super low amount of hit points and die in one hit. But yeah, I mean, you never really see people use that.
2: I don't, uh, I don't I'm know only ninety five percent sure of this, but if you powder the lady that's sweeping in front of the chicken hut, she turns yeah. into a fairy.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I found that I did see that as as well when I was reading through on this. Yeah, so yeah, it, it has some different applications. I, I think there are a lot that you don't see because they're not particularly useful or helpful. But you know, we talk on this show a lot about like how cool it is when you have like one weird thing no one knew about that you use in a seed and it helps you get a little bit of an advantage. I think magic powders may be another one of those. You know, if you knew what magic powder did to every single enemy, maybe there is some application that could help you out. But don't search too hard unless you just, like, really, really want to do this, you know? Mm-hmm. It's mo- mainly just going to be for the Anti-Fairies. Um, and it's great for dungeons. It's, it's really a sigh of relief when the Magic Powder does show up because there's Anti-Fairies before a lot of really big bosses, including Agatsu, uh, um, Trinex. There's, there's a bunch of, you know, Anti-Fairies around there. Uh, there's one right before Cold Stair. So it, Magic Powder is probably the best safety, uh, oh, in speaking- my opinion.
2: Speaking of, I just remembered this. Uh, you can also powder the bunny beams; they also turn into fairies.
0: Oh yeah, 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 yeah. That's a good point. Yeah, those uh, they act the same way, um, and those are nice too because they're stationary for a minute. So if you know where they are already and you run right up on them, mm-hmm. you can you can get your your fairy. And
2: if you so. if you happen to know, like in Thieves Town or in Mire, uh, that there's a bunny beam under a skull, you can just powder the skull without picking it up, and it'll turn into a fairy and give you even less trouble to you know grab oh. a fairy.
0: That's cool. I didn't know that. Yeah, that mm-hmm. works perfectly. Oh, nice. That's awesome. Well, I'm glad we decided to talk about this because you've taught <laughs> me like, a bunch of stuff I didn't know about. it. Um, and then the last two I've got listed here are just the inval items. Um, of course, the Magic Cape and the Canid Burner both totally negate all damage done to Link. So, of course, that's really helpful to have in a pinch um, yeah. for a number of reasons. But I don't want to get too much into all that. I think that's pretty self-explanatory. Not, yeah. not being able to take damage is a good thing when you're trying not to take damage. Agreed. Um, Okay, Uh, real quick, let's talk about shields. Um, And uh, this is another one. Even though I've got a lot written here, I really do think this should be pretty brief. Um, Because shields, it's not like in some games where having a shield just increases your defense overall. It's not like a mail or anything. It's only good against projectiles. Um, So that's the only application of shields is to sometimes stop projectiles. Uh, It has to be... Uh, Link has to be facing the projectile, it can't be off to the side or else he'll probably get hit. Um, so, you know, you have to be facing it, you have to have a shield, and then depending on the projectile in question and the type of shield you have, you might block it and take zero damage. Um, there's no, no knockback from shield stuff too, for whatever reason. Uh, okay, so the fighter shield, sometimes is called the Fisher Price shield. Uh, it can be bought uh, from stores, uh, it can also be stolen by a like-like, um, it's not worth trying to get back if that happens to you. Uh, but it reflects the following. Arrows, thrown Spears, and Octorok Rocks. And there might be a few others, but those are the main ones that I found and, and the main ones I think that come up uh, normally in Rando. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's Fisher-Price Shield. looks like a little toy. Red Shield is next. It's a lot bigger. Um, and it can also be bought. It's obviously a lot more expensive. I think it's like 500 rupees, which is kind of crazy. I would never recommend doing that, I don't think. Um, it can also be stolen by a like-like. And um, – it's supposed to be able to ref- reflect fire, but there's actually a lot of fire things that just go right through it. Like kadongo fire, that doesn't get blocked at all. It'll just it'll just burn you. Um, but uh, all the fighter shield projectiles are blocked, of course. And then shooter fireballs. Uh, that's probably the main thing that's nice to have a red red shield for. Um, is it can block shooters, which are super annoying. Um, those those guys that just like shoot one shot at a home, uh, shot in your direction. It's not exactly homing, but it like does go in, in the direction you're standing mm-hmm. every like three to four seconds. It's super annoying, especially during like landless 2, That's a really bad one. So having the fire shield, all you have to do is just like face it real quick and then go on with your life and you'll block it. So that is kind of nice. And then the last one is the mirror shield, sometimes called the riot shield. Cause it looks like a giant, like SWAT team riot shield. It takes up half of Link's body to hold. Um, it cannot be stolen by a like-like light light, because it's technically like a, a dungeon item. It's like a main item in the in the vanilla game. Um, it is actually a logic requirement for Laser Bridge uh, along with an and-or kind of situation with invulnerability items. Um, so that is to say, Laser Bridge can be in logic if you have the mirror shield but no other involuntary or invulnerability items. Everything on the ledges is within logic at that point. Um, And, yeah, so you can reflect those lasers with the the riot shield. That's basically the the main upgrade there. Um, I will say I think it's kind of BS that it doesn't reflect BMO's beams. It seems like that's a laser too, like what gives, but it's it's only the high lasers and walls for some reason.
2: I'm 100% with you on that one. Why would it not reflect a a BMO's laser? Uh,
0: The only – I will argue
1: that uh, playing devil's advocate – that those fire at angles and i have a feeling just because of the way those are structured maybe they're not like fireballs and something with the programming may not have allowed it that's literally speculatory on my part
0: no but i i was thinking that too because it always comes at uh like it almost never comes at a 90 degree or 180 degree angle or whatever like
2: yeah, yeah it's, an, it's not like to perpendicular to you yeah here, here's yeah. my hat lore lower explanation. All the laser beams they can block are orange, but the beamos lasers are red, so they're the that they don't that's, have the right it. light color that gets reflected by your mirror shield.
0: Yeah, mm. that's probably it's not right. the right
1: laser frequency.
2: Yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah, I like that. Let's let's go with that. I, I was, it still annoys me, but I'll I'll take it as an explanation at least. Um, cool. Okay, so we've covered a lot of topics here when it comes to link getting hit. Uh, the last thing that I want to end this on is oh, I, I got a collected...
2: butt in again. Sorry. Oh yeah. Go the ahead. The only thing I want to mention about shields, it's not really about taking damage or anything, but just since we mentioned it already, getting your shield stolen by a like like or buying a shield will not advance or reduce the progressive shield that you have. So if you get your fire shield store, stolen by a like-like, the next shield you find will still be the mirror shield. And if you buy the fire shield when you only have the Fisher-Price shield, the next shield you find in the item pool will also still be the fire shield.
0: That's a really good point to make. I'm, I'm glad you sought me for that. Yeah. Uh, I'd always wondered that. I wasn't sure, to be honest. Um, and, I, you know, it's, it's somewhat inconsequential, but I, I do think it's an important thing to state, you know, for, for the logic that that mm-hmm. is the situation. Cool. Okay. So the last thing I wanted to do here is I went through all of the damage that the enemies can do if you have green mail on and I found the ones that are sort of outliers either for where they are in the game or just sheer, you know, damage output that they can do to you. So I've got like 12 or 13 here and I thought each of us could go through and nominate uh, one of these. We'll do like maybe two rounds so like we'll eat, we'll, we'll we'll call out six of the most dangerous enemies in the game in no particular order and just talk about like why they're so dangerous and how to, how to try to avoid them. Does that mm-hmm. sound good? Sure. Cool. Okay. I'll start it out. Um, and I'll start out with one that I think is, is uh, has a reputation for being a, a real, a real killer. Um, and that's the Lionels. So they're only in one place in the game, unless you're playing animizer, of course, but they are at the bridge between turtle rock and Ganon's tower. Uh, they move very quickly and uh, they, they try to position themselves so that they are perpendicular to Link and then shoot a fireball. Um, these guys can do four hearts of damage if you have green mail, uh, and unfortunately there is that one very narrow bridge that you need to walk across, so it's very easy for their fireballs to snipe you. Now, the fireballs don't do that damage, and, uh, and forgive me, I don't know exactly how much they do, but it's also a lot. I want to say maybe two hearts of damage. Um, do you guys know, actually, before I... I don't I wanna,
2: know 100%, but I feel like it's two hearts.
0: It is, because
1: it in, like with inverted, inverted you have right. to sometimes yeah. tank that or de-boost or damage boost through it uh, with a bomb uh, to get to that side of the mountain. Uh, that's yeah. like really niche. but Well, I say it's niche, but it's inverted really. It comes up
0: a lot in inverted, actually. And that's another reason Lionels have such a bad reputation is because they kill a lot of inverted runs with people who don't. Cause like that, that's one of the first places you can go in, in an inverted and you usually have like three or four hearts and you can get hit one time and if you get hit twice you're dead and there's mm-hmm. literally it's it's like that's what you have to do to advance the seed or else you're done so yeah my, i'm, I'm going to nominate lionels as one of the dangers, most dangerous enemies in Alttpr. and as far as advice for how to stay away from them if you have a tempered sword or higher just dash and you will knock them out of the way and just go through quickly Anything else, I think you just need to take your time and, and you know use in items if you have them, and just try not to get hit.
2: Yep. Yeah.
0: Alright, Herf, why don't you go next?
2: Alright, well, I'm gonna talk about the Bane of My Existence, which is an enemy that only shows up in one place, in one room, in one dungeon... It is the good old Teru Beans, also known as the Chain Chomps.
0: Teru Beans. That's what they're called.
2: Yep. They'll <laughs> uh, they'll chomp you for four hearts of damage in green mail. And since there's two of them and you need to get past them to get to the chest and, you know, do the whole push block stuff before and, and so on and so forth, it can go wrong very, very quickly.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, then- so... Talk about their pattern a little bit and how you can kind of avoid them.
2: Yeah, so what they do is they jump around for a little while. I'm not exactly sure for how long. They kind of just randomly jump around a little bit and then they'll both start, you know, darting exactly for your position if their chain allows it. So what you can mainly do is try to kind of sneak past them when they're bumping around a little bit. And then the safest bet is to stay outside of their range. They thankfully can't reach the whole room with uh, how they're locked up on their chains, but they're, they can reach all the important parts. So both of the push blocks that you need to push are within their reach, and then of course the chest that's right in the middle of them is also well within their reach. And I think they might even be able to almost reach to the door that you need to exit, so you basically just need to be careful the whole way through that room.
0: Yep. Cool. All right, that's definitely a worthy nomination for this list. Uh, Dancy, what do you have?
1: All right, the Hoku Boku, aka the Pokies, aka another Mario enemy. Uh, <laughs> Why they make it hit
0: so hard, you know?
1: Yeah, and sometimes, you know, I, I may be speaking from experience here, but sometimes those puffs they bounce in weird ways, and oh, yeah. uh, they'll 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 just knock you out for no reason. But you know, th- there's a lot of them in TR, and you know, killing them quickly and efficiently is something that's definitely worth practicing. Uh, you can lose a lot of time trying to chase these down, and it's also super dangerous to chase them down, um, mm-hmm. just because, you know, the more... You know, if you're hitting them with your fighter sword or your master sword, or even just normal swings with your tempered, uh, it's, you know, the the less balls they got, the, the more, or the faster they get. <laughs> so, uh, it's... Uh, <laughs> it's Sorry. Uh, yeah, we're all twelve. Let's just um, get it out there. Uh, yeah. yeah, let's
0: just acknowledge it. And move on. Yeah, we're, we're all good. I'm there. sorry,
1: I said balls, <laughs> but the more parts of their body that uh you knock off, uh it, it you know, the faster they get. So it can be quite challenging yeah. sometimes.
0: Yeah, definitely. That that's another really tough one. Um, the only good thing about them is they do have very predictable movement themselves, like the actual item, not the balls like you were saying. But yeah. you, you can tell where the head's going to go at least, so that helps a little bit. But yeah, they I think they do a lot more damage than people give them credit for. They do four hearts of damage at, at Green Mail, so they will really mess you up. Um, for my next one, uh, I'm going to go with Tynon, which are the ice guys in Ice Palace. So they also um, only show up in a few places. The first room of Ice Palace, um, also the um, uh, the Freezor room. I guess they're also called Freezors. You mm-hmm. know it's these guys. Uh, when I looked it up, it was on, That's probably the Japanese name or something. But uh, yeah, they hit really hard. Um, same as the uh, Pokies. They do four hearts at green, and then two and one for for blue and red. Uh, but they have a really weird way that they move it's they can only move cardinally so they'll never diagonal um not not officially at least sometimes they'll do like a weird like left down left down left down over and over kind of thing but uh, they always move in a cardinal direction and they move really slow when they're going up and down and really fast when they're going left and right yeah and that can really catch you off guard if you're trying to just like quickly circle around them like say like you're Walking up towards them and you want to get around them, if you try to just like slowly bow out to the side of them, they're going to surprise you with that really fast sideways motion and do potentially four hearts of damage if you were in green mail. So I've had several uh, deaths in IP to these guys because I was not adequately respecting both the amount of damage they do and the movement, how fast they can move sometimes.
1: I, I think everyone at some point or another has underestimated them. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, because. We usually see him coming, you know, vertically because, mm-hmm. you know, we kill them so quickly. But if you let him get going, you know, horizontally, it's like, oh, Lord, he coming. You know, yeah. It, Oh yeah, <laughs> it's super fast. Yeah, Absolutely. that's
2: yeah. what I was going to say. Usually we kill them so fast that people don't really realize how dangerous they can actually be. Yeah, if so. you
0: are like if you run out of magic or something and you have to improvise or do something else. Yeah, it can it can be a little harrowing, you know, trying mm-hmm. to avoid them. So that, that's my nomination good nomination thank you what, what else right. do you have for us
2: uh so my next nomination would be the kyun or the doom dino or as we learned earlier the birdo yep
0: <laughs> uh,
2: these guys are especially annoying and this is also i feel like the main spot where you see them well two main spots the first main spot is when you're fluting to six and then taking the dark world portal and you walk up to Meyer. There's one of those guys who just starts flying at you. uh, Can result in the always fun bird toss, but they do so much damage and they're really annoying because they just keep following you for so long. You either have to leave the screen or you have to wait for them to fly off screen, which takes way too long for my tastes. Mm -hmm. And uh, the second place is if you do need the bumper ledge item, Make sure to not do what I always do, go up and try to grab the rock, and as soon as you grab it, you realize, oh, crap, The bird's coming for me, and you get hit a bunch, and it hurts really badly. Yeah. Yeah,
0: it's one of those enemies where it makes sense to, like, stop walking and just only focus on killing it. Even if you have a fighter sword and you have to thwack it, like, three or four times, Mm -hmm. like, it makes sense to stop and do that, because otherwise it's just going to make your life a living
2: hell. Yeah, just get rid of them. Yeah,
1: Yeah. some notes about that. Uh, the idea in the Meyer area, you know, Herf, you mentioned the quote-unquote bird toss. Uh, if Quake is your Meyer medallion, just remember it's not going to hurt him, and <laughs> he's just going to keep flying over you, mm-hmm. and yep. then you're going to take at least one hit uh, as soon as the cutscene's over. So if you're in one-hit KO mode, you're going to die from that. The other thing, uh, talking about the ones you can't really avoid activating to come at you, uh, that one at Bumper Cave that they mentioned. There's also that one, if there's a way to not activate it, I haven't found it, but I don't think there is a way around it. Uh, if you're at the Flute 5 spot and you go to Dark World, you're always going to aggro the one that yeah. like going up into the pot area. Mm-hmm. Now, a lot of people end up aggroing the one to the like next screen up, like to the left of it, especially if you're going to the Pyramid. Um, if you stay on the bottom most pixel like hugging that wall you you he'll he'll actually just kind of chill and be like all right see you dude like he won't yeah. you know he won't come at you but if you are one pixel off of it in my experience i think it's one pixel uh like he'll come at you so just little things about
0: those stupid yeah.
1: things there's
0: a little bit of wiggle room there i don't you mean yeah if, and, and just to clarify when we say aggro, the bird it totally ignores you until you get within a certain sort of uh large like radius around it Mm -hmm. once you breach that like invisible line that's when it it starts to come after you and again um this particular variety the dark world version is programmed to not stop trying to attack you unless you despawn it which you can do in mire if you like dash all the way up uh or kill it or it kills you so yeah definitely a worthy addition to i'd say that's our top five for sure um, Absolutely, these, yeah. yeah, these five. But uh Dante, just for you know, to, to round us out, give us your final nomination.
1: Alright, my final nomination uh is gonna be the Poe in mm. Light and Dark World. And here's why. Because sometimes you may be diving Thieves Town really early. And uh just remember when you pull on Thieves Town to open it, you know, you're gonna fly backwards, and I will be the first to admit that I have flew on backwards right into a poe and died in the overworld <laughs> Oh no! trying to open thieves town um you know honorable mention i will say is peace the crab because they they piece me off half the time trying to go to ice rod <laughs> cave i had i had to put that in there i'm sorry that's but, so uh, good i love that but yeah the 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 poe and the piece they, they 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 both do that yeah <laughs> I'm glad you
0: mentioned them. Yeah, they're they're very notable, especially the piece. I, I wanted to give them a quick shout out because um, they always show up in the early game when you're in South Highroll. You know, usually taking a walk to Mini Moldworm and, and maybe down to Ice Rod Cave. There's a lot of them there. They also have that same movement that the Freezor has, where it's slow going up and down, but fast going left or right. The good news is they are kind of mindless. It doesn't seem like they chase you the way that a freezer chases you. Yeah. Um, Mm -hmm. But it does feel very unpredictable in the same sort of way where they could just like Mm. like bounce it, you know, go out real fast, and then suddenly you're two hearts down. You get hit two times in a row, and, you know, you're maybe dead at that point. Um, So, yeah, even though they don't hit as hard as the Dark World enemies, you usually have less health when you're with them, and so they should be considered just as dangerous for that reason.
2: I agree. Um, Can I throw in another honorable mention? Sure. All right, so my honorable mention would be the neuronals or the Bombslucks that you mainly find in Mire.
1: Oh, God, uh, yes.
2: I feel like people don't realize how dangerous they actually are because you you generally, you know, mo- it mostly works out where you can just walk past them and just ignore them completely and nobody cares about them. But these guys do four hearts of damage in green mail, and it can be so shocking when you, you know, happen to run into one just because it walked up a little bit or something, and you're like, oh, God, where did all my health go? Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, that's a good one to mention. And on a similar note, uh, both Wizrobes and those mini Landbolus Swanbola guys—they also hit like a truck. I guess it's just with the with the mini Landbolus, they're always like so out of the way that they're never a factor in your run, so mm-hmm. they're not that big of a deal. And with the Wizrobes, um, you know, it's it's pretty easy to not like run into them because they do telegraph where they're going to be, and they don't move ever. Um, and, and their rays don't do four hearts of damage. I'm pretty sure that would be brutal. Uh, that's probably another like two hearts thing if I had to guess off, mm-hmm. the, off the top of my head. I, I think, think it's contact they with actually them.
1: Actually, do that much? Oh, really? Uh, yeah, I'll I'll investigate.
0: Yeah, so. you check that out real quick. That'd be. Um, I mean, we all know wizards are a pain in the butt, but maybe you know knowing this will help you to give them a little bit more of a wide berth when you're doing that, like you know, initial room in in Mire, for instance. You know.
1: Yeah, Mire two. Uh, you take a hit from the, the little semicircle slash it touching him or that does four hearts of damage so oh, wow. okay. on green mail so yeah very very brutal make sure that if you are you know standing still to shoot a projectile to try and go fast in mire 2 that you do not stand in the way of the uh another wizrobe's beam because I may or may not have done that in a multi-world last mm-hmm. night and cried a little <laughs> bit it's hap- it
0: happens to the best of us for sure yeah yeah well, all right, um, I think uh that is probably gonna do it for this feature on taking damage. um, like I said, we're not quite done with this series. uh we have ideas to talk obviously more about dealing damage um and maybe even kind of section that up into um you know individual episode topics as well. but let us know what you thought of this one. um feel free to chime in, in our discord and uh continue the conversation in there. The whole
1: TLDR um, for this is kind of don't touch things, and mm -hmm. then you will not die.
0: Yeah, it's really all (laughs) contact. Contact and projectiles are really the two, and traps, I guess, are are the three ways to take damage. And Mm
1: -hmm.
0: most of the damage can be avoided by not touching enemies. And that's also the challenge, because a lot of them move weird. But yeah, just don't, don't die. Try not to die. Don't do it. Alright, so uh, really excited. We have two really good fetch questions this week, Um, so I will just go ahead and read them down. Our first one is from Matt from Indianapolis, and Matt writes, Hey all, I wanted to reach out to let you know how much I've enjoyed the podcast. I only found it a few months ago, but I've been churning through the episodes since. Link to the Past was one of the favorite games of my childhood, and finding out it had been randomized breathed new life into a game I already loved. I've played a dozen or so seeds myself and have watched just about every 1v1 race available on Speed Gaming's YouTube. Your podcast is another great way for me to connect with this great activity and the community around it. It's been great hearing directly from three people just as excited and interested in this game as I am and with so much knowledge to share. I really enjoy when you dive into the workings of the game and the different strategies, even and especially when you disagree. I'm glad to hear that you (laughs) like it because I like to argue too. Uh, I was going to wait and write in when I was all caught up on the pod, but I just finished the one-year mark, and the episode you talked about yourselves for a bit. I'm a big fan of DCI, so I got a little thrill hearing that Timp is so involved in another activity that I love. Two of my interests colliding in one podcast. I never marched with the Corps, but I've been attending shows for 20 years now, ever since my high school band days. I'm from Indianapolis and have been to championships since 2008, so maybe we've brushed shoulders without knowing it. Uh, if he was there, I was there too, by the way. So we were both definitely there. Cool. That's awesome. Yeah. I was. I mean, I was, I was in Drum Corps in 2008. So yeah, I was on the field and he was in the stands. So that's, that's super cool. Nice. Um, the, the letter goes on. I can't leave without asking a fetch question. So when watching a match between runners you don't personally know, do you have rooting preferences? I always want more rando, so I'll cheer for the player a game behind. If a player uses one of my favorite sprites, I'll usually pull for them to win the match. And within the game, if someone falls behind, I'll always hope for an unexpected item find in an inconvenient place to turn the tables. Thanks again, and keep up the great work. I look forward to catching up with the feed. And again, that was Matt from Indianapolis. So first of all, Matt, thank you so much for the kind words. Uh, Really awesome, especially all the DCI stuff. It's really cool when you run into someone in the wild who knows what drum corps is and knows it's really cool when you find someone who knows what rando is. So Mm -hmm. I think you and I are a pretty rare breed um, of both knowing about (laughs) rando and DCI. Also, my name is Matt. I don't know if I've ever said that on the show before, but I have the same name as you. So that's funny. Um, but are you yeah, sure you guys, guys are I'm not the, th- same uh, yeah, he, the same person? We might be the same person. He wrote this right. one in uh-huh. himself. <laughs> that would be the saddest thing in the world. <laughs> if I wrote this email. No. Um, <laughs> hey,
2: Matt, I'm mad. I also like the drum core, and rando. I am you glad you are a great. podcast host. <laughs> yeah.
0: No, not, I'm not. I haven't gotten down to those depths just yet. Um, So what did you guys think of the fetch question? Uh, When it comes to rooting for people in a race, uh, what sort of things decide who you're going to root for?
2: Uh, I'll be honest, I'm kind of boring. I don't really have a preference unless it's someone that I know or, you know, care for, I guess. If I watch a random race that uh, has two people that I'm not really involved with, for lack of a better term, I just enjoy it for what it is, if that makes sense.
4: Mm Mm-hmm.
2: I I, I I sort of do that too. Yeah, Yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, I always want it to be a close race, right? So it kind of flip flops a bit during the seed if it's not a person that I know. Where I'm like, all right, this guy is barely thirty seconds ahead, so that's really cool. But if one guy is like five minutes behind because they left behind an item or something, I'm really hoping they find something else that can pull it out for them again. But I think that's about as far as my rooting preferences go.
0: Yeah, I'll I'll jump in here to say that I feel pretty much the same. Um, I like, just like Matt said, I like to see the person who's behind catch up. Like I I hate you hate to say you're like rooting for someone to fall to Gannon, but like I constantly am, you know, to the person that's ahead because it will like make it more even, you know. I I Mm -hmm. I just want to see a close race. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, Now I will say, you know, we have a community for the Go Mode podcast, so a lot of times, you know, our quote unquote community members you know people who hang around our discord a lot will race and of course i i want to root for them and see them do well mm-hmm. but a lot of times they race each other <laughs> you know so it's yeah. it, it reverts back to it again i just want to see a good race you know uh, what about you, I mean, the... you you've got a lot of you got a lot of uh close ties in this community so i'm interested to hear your answer
1: i really like watching just good races mm. i you know if someone that you know i'm you know good friends with or you know remote friends with is playing someone then yeah i'm rooting for them nine times out of ten um you know especially like with league it's easier to you know have more investment in uh you know we've talked about that a thousand times you know with with other races because of the team aspect but um if it doesn't affect me at all i just you know as far as like a tournament life goes i would always want to see it be close um you know y- you really hate to see someone like accidentally skip something and you know 30 minutes in and you know they're never going to go back for it and that's the decider um because then you know the kind of the on the edge of your seat entertainment part of that is gone so you know i I like to just see close races and you know I, i like to see people perform well execute well you know stuff like that and uh surprises you know not that I want people to mess up, but, you know, shocking surprises, you know, that happen with potential execution errors, that that always plays a, a factor in it as well with the excitement. So I just like mm-hmm. exciting races, I guess, is a way of putting that.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, and I think that's all three of us said the same thing. Matt from Indianapolis said the same thing. I think that's one thing about our community that I really like is that it's not like we have heels you know, or people that are just, like, universally hated. It's like they haven't done anything wrong, but they're just, like, an absolute jerk, and we all want to watch them lose. You know, like, there's none of that. Like We, we, all we, like we don't?
2: Are. Well, there's a couple of people that I will not name where I'm like, all right, you can absolutely lose by half an hour, and I'll probably cheer.
0: No comment. Uh, no, but for the most part, for the, the vast, vast, vast majority of people are good people that are nice and kind and polite and you you don't want to see necessarily bad things happen to them unless it's going to make for a nice close race and otherwise mm-hmm. you just want to see people play well you know yep so cool well again matt thank you so much for the question um we had another really good one uh that was from mocha jones 10 uh who is signed up as a racer for our mentor tournament um i, I think they're uh, there's no chance they're getting cut they fall perfectly within kind of who who we're looking for and they've been hanging out in our discord asking a lot of great questions uh and they also wrote us this one and uh it goes like this go mode a uh a link to the past randomizer podcast host (laughs) so he's put three a's in it there for us um i just started listening to the podcast and i'm loving it i registered to your mentor tournament hoping to learn about racing firsthand i do have some questions for racing overall first is emo tracker auto tracker allowed in my casual runs i use it Second, are delays required for racing? If so, how will that work with the mentor? Third, which is the best Captain Jack and Revenge track on Dance Dance? I mean, what is the best way to set up individual timer control? (laughs) I always seem to have trouble either starting it or stopping when I finish. Can't wait for the tourney to start. Mocha Jones 10. P.S. There should be a Gandalf sprite since there is a space for Fly, you fool. And I, I agree with that. I'd have to say I would love a Gandalf spread. I think that would be incredible. Um, so yeah, Dante, you got a little DDR shout out there. Clearly, <laughs> speaking of intersecting uh, you know interests, along with Rando, we've got another uh, DDR uh, follower here writing into us. So uh, what is what is the best Captain Jack track?
1: <laughs> Probably the one called Captain Jack. Uh, I mean, it, there's <laughs> there's a lot. I mean, it's an artist, but he also had one on himself like just his like his name is the title but uh there's 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 a lot of them that are pretty good captain jack's kind of a high energy it's more of like a fake character i guess to say hmm. because the original captain jack that's in ddr uh actually died a lot uh, probably about 10 at least 10 years ago and uh, they've replaced him with a new actor and Captain Jack lives on but the oh, music's wow. not as good
0: <laughs> uh, wow that's, that's a really there's some, strange there's story there's
1: some deep lore for you there wow
0: that's cool <laughs> um, okay so yeah let's go back through some of these questions uh, I think most of them we can answer pretty quickly uh, first is emo tracker auto tracker allowed um, I think we said last year that that wouldn't be a problem and we had some people use it I think is that right? i would
1: i don't know if we've ironed this out for this year but my personal opinion is going to be you know and we can discuss this more i don't think we should be using it due to the fact that as of right now it is not legal to use and tournaments basically ban it Mm -hmm. so if you're trying to get your feet wet into getting used to tournament play you're probably going to not want to use it just so you get that experience but, I mean, casual play, yeah, use it. I mean, I use it for multi-worlds a lot of times just because it's easier that way. But, you
0: know. Yeah. I'm trying to remember. Uh, surely we addressed it because it used to be, like, a much bigger deal. I want to like, say,
2: yeah, say we didn't allow it, but maybe that's just by, because I'm, like, personally so against it. But yeah. I feel like we didn't allow it.
0: Um. Well, what do you guys think? Do we want to... what? Ha- I mean, so Dante, you're you're kind of saying, you know, it's not allowed for the main tournament, and kind of one of our mission statements is getting people into the community, community mm-hmm. and ready for tournaments and stuff. So you're saying probably should not be allowed. Yeah, yeah, I, I
1: would say that only because like that is the the standard. And honestly, I'm not. This is in no like before I say this, I got to put this disclaimer. This is in no way saying things are about to change, but we we never really know. So I even if the racing council legalizes this at some point for like racetime.gg and srl i don't really think since tournaments are allowed to make their own rules i really don't think tournaments are going to allow auto tracking so if tournaments are really your you know the this is what we're trying to get you prepped for i would say it's best to not do that so the racers get the experience
0: okay yeah i think think i've heard enough yeah Mm yeah yeah so we'll, we'll go ahead and say for the purposes of this tournament, we are going to prohibit the use of auto tracking. Um, if you have, you know, issues with that, please, you know, feel free to DM me. Um, we can we can talk about it. You know, especially if, you know, you do have like a disability and you're unable to use your own tracker. Obviously, we want to be sensitive to those situations. But I think sure. as, as like a convenience thing, which is how most people use it, we'll, we'll go ahead and say no go for that. So, mm-hmm good question very good question uh second are delays required for racing uh if so how will that work with the mentor this one's a little easier Uh, i know a lot of tournaments do require delays uh and we were just talking about trying to be like you know more more like other tournaments but i don't think it's worth the headache to try to implement a delay and how that would affect your interaction with your mentor um we're just going to say no delays i think for this yeah Yeah, i
2: completely agree with this i mean delays are used as anti-cheating measures and uh, i feel especially for our tournament or the spirit of our tournament cheating shouldn't really be a concern we're all trying to learn we're all trying to get our feet wet into you know racing and competitive stuff and so on and so forth yep. so i feel like it'd be overkill for not really much benefit
0: same definitely yeah. okay um yeah so i think that that addresses all of them uh so you yeah know. again thanks for, thanks for the question mocha john's you skipped one
2: on question
0: you skipped one Wait, what? What is the oh, best way to set up okay. an individual timer right.
1: control? You're so the right, way I right. do it, I'll I'll go ahead and just jump in and do this first. I use um, LiveSplit, and I do not uh, use the integration to SRL or Racetime.gg that just got added literally like a couple hours ago. Um, oh, wow. <laughs> but what I do is you make sure in the settings you have global hotkeys turned on. Mm-hmm. And you make sure you have double tap prevention turned on and you assign it to a key. So I've got mine and this has sometimes burned me, but I've got my start and stop set to number pad one and hey, that is what me I too. hit. Hey <laughs> is your reset three because that's what mine is (laughs) exactly man you read my mind (laughs) good so that's that's what i do um and i always forget what my undo split is in case i hit it too early that's eight for me but Um, i've got it pulled up to look at um so yeah that's that's what i do i've never had any issue with it uh but the big thing is to make sure your global hotkeys are turned on and that way it'll work wherever whatever window you have you know clicked yeah um the other thing for display, I would suggest that you, uh, I can't find the setting right now, but when you're setting it up, I think it has to do with maybe your layout, but you definitely want to have it where it's on top of everything if you want to see your timer the whole time as well. Mm-hmm. Like you want it to, to display always on top. Yeah.
0: Yeah, that's pretty similar to how I do it. I use—I also use LiveSplit and I have mine set to zero and the little decimal next to zero uh, for, for what you said for start and undo. Mm -hmm. Um, no splits or anything like that yeah pretty pretty simple i think simple is better when you have to also worry about your tracker and Discord window or, or Racetime.gg or whatever you know you happen to be in. I said Discord because of ladder. But yeah.
2: Yeah, no, I agree. And as yeah. far as starting and stopping on time, so what I do for starting is I have my controller in my hand and have my pinky on the one, <laughs> which is very professional, <laughs> right. I'm sure. And then I just hit when the timer goes and it says go, I hit A and my pinky on the one at the same time. And as far as stopping goes, I'm always a little late. It's you know you have to put in a done somewhere, or click a button with your mouse, or do some other shenanigans to actually tell whatever platform you're racing on that you're done. And usually, I'm a second or something late on stopping my timer because it, it doesn't really matter.
0: Yeah, it's more of a uh, convenience to show your streamers and or you know or like your viewers to your stream or anyone who might have to review your vod or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just more of a convenience than anything. Um, that's actually one thing I really like about ladder is that they always do start like right at the hour. So mm-hmm. it's kind of less need for a timer. Cause you could just look at the actual time in yeah. real life. And that gives you a pretty good idea of like how long you've been in. So that's nice. Uh, but yeah, uh, thank you for helping me catch that last one. I almost missed the, the final question there, but um, that was it for our questions. Two really good ones. Thank you so much to both Matt and uh, Mocha Jones 10 for those great questions. If you have a question you'd like to send to us, you can do so by sending it to email at comodepodcast.com. You can also use the contact form on our website. And, of course, uh, our Discord is just absolutely popping these days. As we get ready for the Mentor Tournament, it's going to be even more busy. With you know, arranging races, sharing uh, strats, and setting up practice races and all that good stuff. So, now's your chance to get in and uh, be a part of it and sign up for that Go Mode Podcast Mentor Tournament ping role so that you can find out about all of the updates for the tournament. Um, you can find us on Twitter at GoMode Podcast. Uh, happy to retweet you if you're streaming uh, rando and, and you want a little boost. Um, you can also uh, go to our website. That's going to have all of the like, tournament rules and stuff. That's, of course, going We did receive two iTunes reviews since uh, the last episode. So I wanted to say thank you very much to Leoria, uh, who is signed up to participate in the Mentor Tournament. So you'll be seeing them around. And they took Dante's advice and they just said, hey, Temp, thinking of you. <laughs> and I'm going to be honest, I sat there with a big dumb grin on my face for a good, like, three minutes after that. So mission accomplished. It worked accomplished. out
2: just as we planned.
0: It worked out. And then we got another one uh, from probably my the owner of my favorite username I've ever heard. And that is Danky Kang, the
2: wizard. Yeah, shout outs to that. I was just going to say, I don't know who that is, but that's a beautiful name
0: they dropped in while we were doing one of those jackbox uh, streams a few weeks ago um mm-hmm. dancy was there uh, we were having a grand old time and they dropped in and had never listened before i guess and everyone on the stream was like oh you should check it out It's super cool and i think the next morning i woke up and they had left this very very nice review um about you know how they we're helping them to kind of get into rando so thank you so much Danky Kang the Wizard for uh, just existing in the world with that name. I really <laughs> am just so grateful <laughs> to you for being there. And also, of course, for the review. So, um, Alright, well, let's go ahead and do individual shout outs. By the way, guys, I've been thinking about this. Rather than just saying your Twitch, why don't you just tell us like literally anything you want? It doesn't have to be rando-related. It could be a quick recommendation, something you're into right now. Of course, feel free to give out your Twitch, but... Um, Herf, what, what's, what's up with you, man? Like, what's something you want to plug? Right. I,
2: I think I have the perfect thing for that. Uh, okay. There was a new game released just yesterday called Maneater, which is uh, on the Epic Game Store, and it's a little bit about um, you're, you're playing a shark. The premise of the story is uh, your pregnant mother shark gets captured by, like, the most redneck person you could ever imagine, and uh, he cuts you out of her belly, and you bite his arm off and f- flee, And then the whole game is about you taking revenge. It's very much satire and super funny and like very over the top. It's an open world game. Uh, I streamed the tutorial level of it yesterday on my stream. If you want to check out the VOD and see what it's all about. But thumbs up from me. Nice.
0: That's a good one. I also wanted to take a a moment to uh, shout out my boy Earth. Since the last time we recorded an episode he has sat down and streamed like five or six rando seeds uh, more than i have honestly he's playing more than i am these days and i just think that's so awesome are you enjoying your return to rando
2: yeah the ladder has really like i don't know why or how but the ladder has really got me back into it i'm now at, at three to four so i'm in the negatives oh, again wow. boohoo but, but uh, you yeah know, that's
0: seven seeds man in, that's like, two seven weeks.
2: seeds streamed in like the span of two weeks or something yeah. which is probably a new personal record for me <laughs> that's awesome we'll keep it up man I'm,
0: I'm really enjoying dropping into your streams to, to hang out so
2: yeah thanks to everyone who has hung out and watched that show sorry <laughs> <laughs> that's
0: a <laughs> uh Dante what about you what do you what do you got for us so
1: um I'm this is gonna be twitch related uh so uh on my twitch which is twitch.tv slash you want to say it temp?
0: d-a-a-a-n-t-y
1: yeah, <laughs> I know you enjoy <laughs> it. So um, I, I didn't want to plug this initially because it, it would have sounded like a cash grab, um, but we did hit a sub goal on my channel, uh, and I haven't set a date for it, but I'll probably do something about announcing a date, maybe ping everybody and hate make people hate us in go mode, but I'm going to do a stream where I uh, do Link to the Past Rando, but as we go... I'm going to eat a one chip uh, the one chip challenge thing where it's like Ooh. the super so like Paco spice. or whatever
0: it's called or Pocky?
1: yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I got one of those a while back and I'm going to I was trying to think of a way to get the motivation to eat it so it, it could be me literally like puking on stream like super quick <laughs> but oh, what we're going to do is like I'm going to try to schedule it on a Friday evening so people can like hang out and laugh at me but I'm going to try and not have any liquids for as long as I can while trying to play and I may just make it a race where people you know can play with me or something I'm not sure oh we'll, we'll see how it goes but mm-hmm.
0: it'll it definitely uh, let us know because I, I want yeah. a front row seat to that man. absolutely yeah, it's, it's gonna <laughs> probably hurt a lot <laughs> yeah <laughs> that's awesome well uh, you can find me at twitch.tv slash temp underscore I've been playing the same amount you know once or twice a week probably so come come in and say hey I want to shout out something that's maybe a little controversial in our communities, uh, in like the gamer culture community or whatever. I'm going to shout out the Epic Game Store. A lot of people uh, really dislike it because they think it's like a cash grab. They're annoyed that they have to download it when they already have Steam and other stuff or whatever. For people like me who don't care about any of that, I just have to shout it out because they give away so many free games that I've always wanted to play. It is ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't even need to buy games anymore because they just keep giving me full AAA games for free. Like, Civilization VI or It's free uh, right now. Yeah. Or, like, the first three good Batman games.
2: Um, they gave just 4. The, yeah, they gave away the deluxe edition of GTA Five yep. like, last week or something. And it was so popular that it crashed the whole Epic Games store.
0: Yeah yeah, uh, The Messenger is one I've wanted to play, uh, Watch Dogs, World War Z just like so many cool games totally for free, so if you don't care about like, you know whatever uh, negative opinions a bunch of gamers have or whatever I would recommend picking this up and every week or so just go check and see what the free game is, I've, I've been playing so many free games from the Epic Game Store over the last month or so, it's really, it's really been my rock <laughs> when it mm-hmm. comes to gaming, that and rando so, um Okay. Well, I think that's going to do it for us this time. Thank you so much again for listening to another episode of Go Mode. We will be back again in two weeks with some Torment updates and, of course, but some more. But
1: before that, we have to ask for more iTunes reviews.
0: Oh, okay. For, yeah.
1: Yeah. So this time, if you don't know what to put, then you just need to put I like giraffes and leave us five stars. And <laughs> that will make... Someone's day. I won't say who, but it'll make someone's day.
2: (laughs) Yeah, I wonder who that is.
0: Yeah, if you've ever been to our Discord, you might have a little bit of a clue who we're talking about, but uh, it doesn't matter if you know or not, feel free to leave that. And of course, you know, if it's got five stars in it, we will love it no matter what. But there is someone in particular who whose day you will brighten if you say that you love drafts. So (laughs) all right. Well, thank you again, and uh let's go ahead and mirror out.